YouTube. We watch the best movies that uh, aren't they good? Well, they're chosen. By uh, here's you. his theme song again. Bye. Okay, bye. Watch. My friends out at Mutiny Radio. Jester Gashcock here, giving you my love and regards as well as Mufi's over there. And you know, anytime I go... It's two o'clock. When you hear the trippy music and you're listening to Mutiny Radio, you know what time it is. It's time to talk about belief in God and shit on Some Call Me Tim... Every every week I try to time it out with this weird trippy music thing and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. Today it didn't, but that's okay. I have special guest David Samuel here. Hey, how's to it going? Talk about God and stuff. I love your name. Did you know that Samuel was actually the one who anointed kings in the Bible and he hmm. anointed King David. And he anointed him before the other king was dead. And it was very scary. They were like, well, Saul, Saul finds If King Saul finds out, he's going to kill you. Uh, but he ended up becoming friends with King Saul's son, Jonathan. And Jonathan and David had a very special relationship in the Bible. And you don't, we don't really know. Well, Anyways, your name is David Samuel. It's very, very biblical. Yeah, it's uh, the first Bible. The, that's the, the, yeah. The Old Testament. The Old Testament. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's... Yeah. Uh, I like the I like the story of like David beating the Goliath just as like a smaller guy. Yes, it kind of is like a boost, you know. Like there's the internet community that's like obsessed with like short kings. Oh, interesting. Know? Yeah, do you know? I'm not one of them, but no, I, Napoleon wasn't even that short. Yeah, right. He was only like he was like five seven or five eight, which is pretty normal. That's normal. And that, at that time, that was tall. Yeah, I feel like people are getting taller. Yeah, they definitely. I don't are. know. No, right they definitely fr- are right in front of me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they, we literally are. You can tell by the size of the beds. I was just, hmm. um, I was looking at a historic house a couple of weeks, uh, months ago. I was in Greece and we saw a house that was the way it was in. It was like 1908 or 1904 or something. And they said, "Oh, we kept all the furniture and the house is exactly preserved as it was," and their beds were fucking tiny. <laughs> and I was like, "This was for an adult woman?" They're like, "Yeah, they were small back then." Wow. That was like a hundred because we were, I mean, we just didn't eat as much meat. We eat so much meat and so many like high calorie dense processed foods that like even, even 75 years ago in the United States, like people were scared. One out of every four guys who um, tried to be in World War II was turned away because they were too emaciated Whoa. from the Great Depression. I need to go back to those times so I can feel bigger. You know? <laughs> Do you have short man short man syndrome? Maybe a little bit. Mm. Yeah, I don't think it. Uh, I don't think it permeates into like my personal life necessarily but definitely but you do stand-up comedy it totally I, permeates yeah no no that's what i was gonna say definitely in the stand-up that's where it's kind of like the extension of like i'm trying to be bigger than i am oh in a way do, do you feel that there's a stigma in society against people that aren't gifted with height no not i don't feel picked on yeah. i think uh physically it's hard it's funny because you like 
if I, I'm trying to go out with a girl and she's like, well, can you defend me? And it's like, well, my roommate looks like he can fight. Okay, you know? wrong girl. How about row <laughs> yeah. a backbone, you spineless yeah. freak? <laughs> what are you me too. That? Can you protect me? <laughs> Jesus Christ, be a feminist. Stand yeah. up for yourself, wrong yeah. girl. Or just don't get into situations yeah. that you have... You need someone else. Exactly. You know? What, yeah. what do you, you getting drunk and spitting in people's faces? Right. What do you need protection <laughs> from? But that's probably the worst it gets. Wow. That's yeah. In normal, most people treat me pretty well. I don't feel, and I'm not that short. I don't think I didn't. It wasn't even yeah. you brought it up. I got right. At, yeah, that's. <laughs> but um, David and Goliath is a really fun story because <laughs> not only does David beat him when he's smaller, he does it through the use of technology. Right. Because he uses a slingshot and he's really good at it and he's like good at killing wolves and shit from far away and he hits him in the right place in the head and the bigger they are, the harder they fall. Yeah. And I wonder if he was literally a giant, if he was like Andre the giant or if giants really existed back then. He, yeah, I mean, I think they existed for sure. Like, I think they still do. Like Shaq. Yeah. Or they're like, just hiding. There's less, they're not always around like the tallest man ever i think was in a village in china somewhere oh he's like eight feet 11 or something and there's, a, there's and he a, was in no in middle of nowhere and he didn't they did not make him play basketball what yeah. is the world coming to yeah, right. <laughs> you find that freak of nature yeah. and you put him on the court if he was here capitalism would have taken over and they were yeah. like all right get him in we're gonna have size 34 shoes yeah what <laughs> i giants i want it so yeah, the, do you you believe giants were real in the his, in historically? Yeah. Okay. Definitely. I think I think that they still exist now. So that it, and what's considered a giant? How tall do you have to be to be a giant? Over Abo- si- over six feet? Yeah, I'd say above like six six, okay. six seven, like very large for a man. And then the women would be like six three, six four. Gotcha. Yeah. At, yeah, so that must be the Nord, those Nordic Viking people. I don't think they do whatever. anything. I think they're just giants. Just giant people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You don't think they have, like, magical powers? Well, that's the thing. is like, where would the mythological stories and even the fairy tales come from if there wasn't this thought of this giant race of people? I mean, look, Jack of the yeah. Beanstalk. And the, you know, the hen that lays the golden egg, and there's this huge giant and little tiny guys and... Yeah, I think I think the mainstream now is losing. We're losing magic, but I think thousands of years ago there was. Your average person was more like in tune with nature and magical things than sure. they ev- than they were now. Definitely. Are you Are you into magical things? Uh, yeah. I have are a, you really? Yeah, I think I I believe whatever other people believe. So like, if you have convict in the sense of like, if you have convictions that you experience something, hmm. then I I believe that to be true. You're like that X-Men character when she touches you and she, that's what her yeah. stuff is. Like, <laughs> what you believe, I believe now. Yeah, right. <laughs> so anyone who believes something hard enough is right. Well, I think like, uh, if we're talking magical and spiritual, oh. I think if you think you saw a ghost, then you definitely did. Oh, okay. Yeah. Does that ghost real? That's not for me to say, but did do I believe that you saw it? Yeah. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Have you ever seen a ghost? Uh, I saw, I guess like the closest thing that I've ever seen was like a, an aura, like real late at night. One time at an elementary school, we were just hanging out, you know, it's maybe like 1 or 1am or 2am. I think I was like 15 at the time. And we definitely, I definitely was like picking up on something hovering kind of maybe six or seven feet off the ground that was very cloakish huh. and spooky. And I wasn't the only one that saw it. I was with two, two other people that also saw it. Yeah. Were you on acid? No. Oh, okay. No, a lot of weed. Oh, okay. Yeah, but well, weed is a hallucinogen. It can do that. Yeah. 
It definitely probably made me believe it a little more. One time, <laughs> I took um, acid and ecstasy at the same time. Back, this is back in the uh, 90s, early 90s. And I went downstairs into this person's house, and there was this creepy music playing. And I saw and felt like tendrils of smoke curling around on the ground and like coming up. And I was just like, oh my, this is... Is, is is this because I'm on drugs right now? <laughs> and I think I think it was because of the drugs. I yeah, I mean it can help that a little bit, you know. But I think yeah, I don't know. If you believe you saw it, you saw it. I definitely saw it. And like, uh, there's people that are more inclined to see it. I've in I'm from Sacramento, so there's a nice circus group up there. There's a circus. lot of circus people, and a lot of the circus people. Circus people are very magical too. Sure. And so I've been meeting more and more people that I. When they talk about the way they grew up and what they were taught as kids, I think they could be way more in tune with that kind of stuff than the normal person or even myself, you know. I love, one thing I love about Sacramento is old sack and the old timey, like um, the the clabbered, it's dirt streets and and the little, the the raised sidewalks and just everything's old timey. They kept it all old timey and I don't know, I just love that old timey. Yeah, I think the only the only bit I have about that I like. Uh, I think the guy that invented the cobblestone roads, he just really hated his mother's back. You know, he, <laughs> he wanted to make sure on with every step he would break it. You know? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> step on a crack. Right. Yeah. Cobblestone Wait. roads. Yeah. It's the real reason. <laughs> I I mean I think that did you, did you go down there for Halloween because that would be fun yes, yeah. for Halloween time like with because it would seem kind of spooky and old timey and like I bet I mean did they ever have hangings like in the square down there I mean it's like the old oh yeah stuff yeah it's like, I'm sure there's dead they, people they have like an underground tour you can do where they built the city on top of the city what yeah and I always like that kind of that energy too that it brings is interesting underground like yeah. when I was little in fifth grade. We were supposed to go to Sutter's Fort, and we were supposed to spend the night. And we did all of this practicing and preparing at school, and like sewing and making corn cob dolls. And it was going to be this big overnighter, and we were going to live like the settlers. And it was very exciting. Pan for gold, blah blah blah. Yeah. Well, I had lied to my mother. I had done something, and I had lied, and I'd gotten in trouble. And my punishment was that I was not allowed to go to Sutter's Fort. Ooh. And the whole class got to go. And I didn't. Because I was in trouble. Yeah. I don't understand why that would be my punishment. I really did miss out on the trip and it sucked. Um, it hurts a lot. I mean, that kind of stuff hurts a lot. The yeah. social punishment is worse sometimes than yeah. physical or yelling or anything. Absolutely. You know, And looking forward, I don't know, as a kid looking forward to field trips was always so the best time but that was like i was at peak personality yeah on those field trips oh you know? yeah and gold panning and all that shit but anyways yeah. we were driving we drove from oh i didn't get to go but everything turned out all right in the end because what i learned nothing from the whole experience because i cried and bemoaned and was so upset and so just put out that i didn't get to go on this trip that my mother took me into San Francisco and took me out to lunch at Neiman Marcus. And it's downtown and it has, it's very special. Still now, it's like this very special place. They have popovers. And, so I didn't learn anything. So I didn't go to the... <laughs> so I got in trouble for lying. So I didn't get to go with the class. But then I ended up having a better time anyways. Like going out to a fancy restaurant in the middle of the day. Right. And like going shopping and stuff. Yeah. So, so what did I learn? Like what was the moral lesson to be learned? 
I don't I don't know. Like yeah. <laughs> lying is good. Yeah. You get nice meals if you lie well yeah, enough. You, you know? yeah. yeah. Well, that is a really important lesson. I I've never been that kind of girl that are, are you a heavy dater? Has has being a comedian helped helped you with the ladies? Uh yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh I mean, I've always I've always been pretty outgoing, but it, with women, I think confidence is definitely growing. Being putting out yourself out there, like in that form, makes it a lot easier when you're talking one on one. Sure. Because I don't, you know, it's like, hey, if you didn't like that, that's like me at my best. So, <laughs> you know, let's just <laughs> we'll scale it back. Yeah. Uh, um, did you go to school? Uh, not college. Oh. I did a little bit of college. I. But I got really burnt out on it. Yeah. Just, uh, I I don't know. I've been hearing stories more and more about when I was younger, and I had a babysitter recently tell me that the whole time that I was with her, I would just talk about how I didn't need her there. Huh. So I'm like seven or eight years old, huh. telling her that I don't need her. You know? <laughs> That's great. Yeah. And then my luckily my parents were smart people, so they didn't put me on ADHD meds. Oh, good. But that was from five years old until I graduate high school that's what teachers would tell my parents they'd say get this kid on meds get this kid on meds right well good thing stand up comedy you don't need in fact going to college doesn't help you at all not only is there no I mean I guess if you got a liberal arts degree and and writing and like a background in like theater that might be helpful but other than that, there's it's not even recognized as an art form right now. You you can't get a BA in it. There's no master's <laughs> degree class. You can't get anything. Con- oh yeah, I got a I got a BA in stand up comedy. Yeah. It would be a great. It would be a, I think it would be a great thing to have. I mean, yeah. Why not? The type of writing is just so unique. Yeah. Well, that and the the stage presence and how to use a microphone. Like yeah. you could have a whole class on how to use a microphone. Yeah, I, I like, could have used what that are my, they? First, yeah, my like, first few months, definitely. How, how are they built? How yeah. do they work? What do they do? Practice with it real. How do you do you use it in a stand? Do you have what do you like when you're a comedian, do you put the stand behind you? Do you leave it next to you? Do you, do you use the stand? Do you do stand too much? Like you could spend you could easily have yeah. a class. Are you applying for this job? Yeah, I'm applying for this could, job. You I could get it. I'll teach the teach the college class. But so the those whole, are all things I could have I could have <laughs> used could very have early used, on. Right? Yeah. Point your toes toward the audience. <laughs> you know, when do you do an act out? Are you doing too many act outs? How do you make things sound like you're actually talking as opposed to using a script? Mm-hmm. Like all of these like things that take years and years to develop. I mean, ostensibly you could have a college thing, but it because yeah. it doesn't exist now. But what's the point? Right. They do like the path is creative writing. And that's what I was kind of on because I want to work in like advertising and writing and write TV shows. And that's the path you take. Right. And they still make you do like literary reviews. And it's like, this is ridiculous. Sure. You know, I want to read this book and talk about what I think the guy meant. Yeah. (laughs) I went to, I went to graduate school for writing and I tell you, I did all that. And it's funny because I came to comedy after I finished that anyway. And did it help me be a stand-up comedian? Well, yeah, but also I didn't start till I was 36, so I had a lot of life experience to draw on to put me, you know, where I, whatever. Um, yeah. did, did you write a lot? As soon as you like were set in your brain, you're like, I'm going to become a stand-up comic. Were you like writing a ton? Well, I've, I've, I've had a couple novels published, and I yeah, I, I yeah. used to write a lot of fiction. Um, but it was because I was, I got an MFA in poetry, and poetry is uh, pretentious and 
completely dis. I, okay, you're trying to form connection with an audience through a written page or through what you, one of your performances. And I just felt like poetry was so distancing because it was either like, if you don't get it, you're not smart enough. Fuck you. Yeah. Like that was the subtext of a lot of mm. things where it's like, really. Like, what are you doing? What is the point of what? what like, and so, I mean, there was some stuff where I was just like, "Oh, are you just listening to the way words sound? Like, there's no meaning. Here. Yeah. Or what's the meaning? And then sometimes it's just like the opposite of like, listen to me. I'm a poor little rich girl, and my heart is so broken. And it's just like, Ugh. so. And it was so. It was either like highly pretentious or or too like poignant and sentimental almost yeah and so and there wasn't enough stage time so i just started doing like i was like well i'd like to elicit an emotional response from my audience and i'd like that to specifically be laughter yeah and so i just switched gears from poetry to to comedy just right there's not really like i can't even think of like a wealthy poet (laughs) right now no of course like someone that's come up well i mean the thing is that um christian bach out of um <laughs> See how pretentious I sound just talking about. <laughs> he's great. a he's a pretty he's a pretty famous poet from Canada. He sold like over a million copies of one of his poetry books. Wow! Uh, and, and the gimmick to it was that each chapter was written with only one vowel. So there was the first chapter was A, and it was a story and prose that only had letters. Oh, the only vowels used were A's, and then E, I, O, U, and then Y. And so Whoa. it shaped, yeah. That's like next, that's like beyond poetry. They've been like, that's intense. Yeah. So <laughs> he did, he did pretty well, but most poets just want to get pretentious, um, professor jobs. Yeah. To tie it into the show. They're just, they want to believe something's there that isn't there, you know? <laughs> like talent. No, it's, it, yeah. no, it's, but that's the thing too, is that, I mean, and, and philosophically, like, how do you feel about comedy in Sacramento? Do you feel like you just just offered me a paying show? So obviously it's yeah. going somewhere. Yeah. Do, well, you, <laughs> do you ever feel like, oh, what am I? What does this mean? Uh, yeah. Every set this week, actually. <laughs> yes. <laughs> really? I, yeah. I'm like listening to uh, a guy that's uh, he's like very Chinese, and mm. he just says like cuss words. There's not any material, and people are cracking up. Sure and I'm they're... like, and it's funny. I, 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 I like love it Chinese too. Accents, I yeah, can. I love it. But it's, I'm like, this is what I'm doing. You know, like yeah. this is the same thing I'm doing. Is that right? <laughs> Discouraging a little bit. Do you, I mean, do you <laughs> do you you feel like you have a legitimate future in this career? This is this is the goal. You want to be you you want to be a stand-up comedian. You want to travel the United States, be on Conan stuff like that yes yeah, I, I stop at tv if i could just make enough money that i don't have to work a job oh. that's enough for me i'm happy with that even if it's for a short period of time just want to you want your financial income to come from performing yeah every yeah. that's every day what i'm working towards that's all i want wow i don't want any fame any money i just don't want to work <laughs> you know? right but you are working you're just working at something you love so it doesn't feel like work yeah so it's a perspective yeah thing. i'm not work, working for someone else or even i'm not i don't want to feel like i'm selling something ah uh, except yourself yeah yeah that's i'll sell myself <laughs> okay. that's a long time ago okay. <laughs> wow yeah but I, that's just, making it to you it's like just don't have to work don't have to work for the man no no working at walmart no working at yeah like I work at a weed shop right now. Rad, yeah. <laughs> rad job. Yeah, super fun. Great. 
I love it. Are you a bud tender? Do you just get to tell people what kind of weed to smoke? Pretty much. Oh yeah. my god! <laughs> it's cool. That's I've ga- so cool. I've gained uh, uh, some powers, I guess. Like I can smell weed now and tell you how it'll make me feel. Wow. And that's kind of a nice thing to have. You wow. Know? Yeah. You get all those trichromes in there. Yeah. Yeah. I, know. <laughs> I, I it's I started working there and I was like really into it. I'm like this is I'm finally I a legal job in weed. Yeah. I worked for trimmers and me too. Whatever yeah, doing that. There, been yeah. there, done that. Years and years and years. Yeah. And then finally, this was like a full time paycheck and like pretty good hours. Okay, money. And so I was like, all right, this is pretty cool. Very excited to learn about weed. And then it's come now to a point where I'm like, all right, I don't need to know anymore. <laughs> like it's people come in, they ask all these complicated questions. And then their final question is, well, does it get you high? Yeah. I'm like, we could have started. We could have started you know? there. Yeah, that would have worked. Do you know about the new, uh, all the new cannabinoids that are exciting? Like the CBN? Yes. Love CBN. Uh, CBG. CBG, really nice. like the weed speed. Yeah. That stuff is nutballs. Yeah. I think someone nice. should make it and turn it into like a drink like weed speed yeah just a flavor drink but cbn i i had um a guy that used to work in i used to work with tinctures with and he did amazing cbn and it, it would just a couple drops and it'd be like you out in 20 minutes yeah i was like this is this stuff is miracle like how is it even right that that's the other thing. amazing okay, so, some people think that jesus actually cured with cannabis a lot Mm. of people think that when he cured leprosy or when he was anointing people with oils that the oils were steeped in cannabis yeah and even and that's a thing that when the priests became priests they were anointed and like they got dipped in like a vat of oil and so these oils we know that they were infused with like incense in frankincense and myrrh and that kind of shit but because india was so close and they've been cultivating and using cannabis for 4,000 years Mm -hmm. and even longer and then the Chinese the first written medical text of 4,000 years ago made by the Chinese references cannabis and using it so it isn't crazy to think that Jesus and the biblical times when they were curing things they could have been using right oh 100% there's a I think it's not it's not theory it's I think it's fact anyway because they find they find traces of cannabis on Jesus like alleged grave they find it um, on multiple of the early like priests yeah they find that the spots that were shaved into the back of their head in early Christianity were for it's because you have the highest concentration of blood vessels in your brain <gasps> for anointing. In your head. anointing. Wow. yeah and they I had a teacher that thought because they don't know what it was he's pretty sure and i'm pretty sure too that it's definitely they were using some type of psychotropic yeah. whatever Hell yeah. but he thinks it was like a combination of like detura leaves detura flowers huh. cannabis and tobacco oils sure and psilocybin oils Ooh, yeah psilocybin. so like the full combination jesus is mushrooms he well is, that's the yeah. thing is like mushrooms all these m- mushrooms are crazy and that they grow in weird dark places and that some of them you can eat and some of them make you high and some of them can kill you and yeah. like it's like what <laughs> my my college on death um, like yeah you can't, we live. can't have anything without mushrooms yeah yeah they're like yeah mushrooms are jesus uh <laughs> my one of my friends always used to say that and then she she loved to sit around fires and stuff and she's like this is it this is the fire us around the fire this is it this is the we are we are when well, we were women but she's yeah. like we are men we are human we're like this is, yeah. and we'd get really high and, <laughs> and then we'd end up just talking about fire and i was like 
<laughs> right? Just like Jesus did. Just like That's, Jesus. He was just doing that too. Do you yeah. the, look deep into the eyes of Sparkle Jesus? Do you believe in Jesus? I no. Okay. I don't think he was a real person. Yeah, oh. I, I think he was a mushroom. He it's funny. <laughs> <laughs> but I, may, I mean. Yeah, I don't think he actually ever existed. I think he was an idea. Like why he, do th- people come up with ideas then to try to, and especially that's such a weird one, right? I think because he, the human brain is very, we're a lot stupider than we think we are. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so I think that it's easier, especially with children, to tell them a story than it is to tell them facts. Sure. Facts are sometimes harder to believe than stories are. And facts are gross. Yeah. If, if my parents... I mean, they probably did tell me how babies are made and what sex is, and just the whole concept. You to have what you put it where? What? Why would anybody want to do that? Right? Uh, what? <laughs> like, I'd rather hear about the birds and the bees. Like, I don't want. Yeah. <laughs> hear so, creation what? stories. Yeah, sure. <laughs> like, come on, give me the dirty stuff. Yeah. <laughs> this is yeah. I don't want too far out. I don't want facts. I want like yeah. Yeah. stories i don't know there's interesting things like uh we saw all of the uh, i guess like parts of christianity i can't remember what they're called the sects of christianity like protestantism oh, bas- uh-huh, uh-huh. baptism ca- that um huge boom of those happened right around the printing press uh, oh right and so the bible was never written intended to be re- read by anyone other than men that had dedicated their lives to studying it men and women to studying sure. it. They well, were the only people that were supposed to read And it. nobody knew how to read. Right. I mean, who knew how to read? And then you get the printing <laughs> press. People start to learn to read. Now, all of a sudden, all these new people have ideas about what the text meant. When originally, oh. it was only supposed to be this like very small group of people. Learned. That yeah. is such... Just that in itself is such a great allegory for like the, the, the dissemination of information, the right to know who can... It Would it have been better if we never learned how to read and we were just like throwing poop around i don't know like I, all i can think about is monty python and the it holy grail easier just to like, sleep at night definitely right. <laughs> yeah i so many of our modern problems are caused by uh that, that we have too much time to think about stuff yeah like we just have too much time i, I can't imagine that a hundred years ago they'd be like if we told them yeah you're gonna sit around for maybe seven hours on a day and netflix and binge you know, like you're gonna oh, you're gonna watch eight hours of the British Baking Show. Right. <laughs> That's what you're gonna do on a Saturday. They're like eight hours of what? Watching yeah. other people bake? And you don't yeah. bake? Do you yeah. eat? No. Do you bake alongside them? No. Well, I actually, I actually did this you weekend. D- I baked bread while I was watching the British Baking Show because I was so. Were they bre- baking bread? Bread baking week is one of the weeks they do. Oh, that's pretty. Yeah, cool. the British Baking Show is one of the best things ever because. Everyone has an accent, and I love that. Yeah. And it's so un-American. It's like the opposite of an American show because everyone is nice. There's no, it's, it's a competition, but everyone's nice to each other. There's not the drama. They don't f- no drama. stir up the fake drama. Nope. Just fun. Just people baking. And the, what it should be. <laughs> and some, and the, some people's bakes are better than others. And, and then they taste them, and you're like, oh, my God. And then sometimes... The guy who won this one season, I don't want to spoil it for anybody, but he, in his first, the, the first time out of the box, it was the first episode, he accidentally used salt instead of sugar to do this round, this thing, and he's, he ended up winning the whole thing. So it was like, oh, you can make mistakes. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like this crazy, I don't know, 
if you would if you would have told people in even 1920 what a millennial child or even not a millennial child like a, a child now in the new millennia what they do with their day and their time mm-hmm. they'd look at you and just be like you're off your rocker yeah like you do what children like I beat my ch- children should be seen and not heard shut them up and give them table scraps right you you do what they do what they have they have little devices where they get to communicate with e- each other in the world what it's, it seems weird to me even now like I'm of the, the generation the millennial generation but I was raised by my dad is 72 years old wow. and, I'm tw- and I'm the oldest so he, I get all these old man things. Is he a player? Was he a player? No, he's just a, a drunk a little bit, you he, know? <laughs> so he got started late. Got it finally started. started working when he was older. Wow. Yeah. So he was 50, 49 when you were born. Yeah, 49. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, so I think I was raised, I, like I didn't have a phone. I had a phone years after my friends did. I was still like getting kicked out of my house to go out and play oh that wow that's stuff. so great yeah because yeah, because he's because your dad is my dad's age my dad's yeah. 74 there you go yeah and i'm 44 so there you go we probably relate more right on our parents level than i do with kids my age that's so funny yeah <laughs> just well, all the quirks and the little things that they say and do and the way they think about well the way they life. know how to think yeah. is that i mean that's the whole thing is that when people in the past, and it's the same thing, goes back to the people who could read and, and the, the texts. And, but we, there used to be a time when we had to memorize things. And so when you memorize things and they become part of your knowledge base and you use them, and you access them without this external device, but from your own brain, because you've memorized it, you make connections with thinking in different ways. Like you're able to sort of piece together the world and make interesting thoughts and ideas and creativity because you have that experience and you've made that experience yours by reading or memorizing or learning, committing texts. But now it's like everything is, why would you have to learn anything if you could just look it up on Wikipedia? Right. You know, like why, if I have to learn anything, I can just watch a YouTube. Yeah. So, but I don't, if you're watching a video to learn something, are you truly learning it? Is it, it's like as we sp- it's the same thing with the, like when we spoon feed the information, we make things too easy. Mm. When we make it so you can watch seven hours of the British baking show, I, I didn't have to worry about food. I could go downstairs. I could grub up. There are so many different things. I mean, I live above a bunch of places to eat and work. Right. And, but I mean, people used to have to like, I don't know, have an apple tree to get or whatever. Yeah. They, they yeah. had to have a cow right. to get butter <laughs> and they had to like work to be alive. And right. now we have so much leisure time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I th- there's straight off. Yeah, <laughs> like, we have nothing to do. We stare at the sky and look at our phones all day. But we don't even stare at the sky. Yeah. Like I'd love it if kids would like <laughs> stare at the sky and just chill out and be like, "Oh, it looks like that." Those. I mean, that would be better than yeah. staring at a phone. I th- yeah, I think there's there's trade offs. So like, yeah, we get information faster, but then you're losing the character that like research builds, right? Because yeah. it does. Like I don't. <clears throat> I still read and. I still think there's like, uh, luckily I don't know anything <laughs> and I know that and that's yeah. all you need. Well, and I think too fast, two people, too young people are saying, well, now I know everything. It's Socrates. You know? That was his like thing. He said, the only thing I know is that I know nothing. Right. And I'm that he always that. would question and ask other 
people he was constantly it's so hard to have like a socratic conversation with someone because you never come to an answer they constantly challenge you right They're like how do you know that like, <laughs> so socrates was just like a five-year-old boy he's like hey why yeah exactly <laughs> like, stop yeah. please <laughs> well and he also socrates believed that thought was the purest form of thought like once you wrote it down then you lost thought yeah and so we only know of socrates through plato who wrote the shit down because he's like no no teacher we must write it down he's like no no no, you're not getting it writing it down ruins it yeah (laughs) because then it's set down because if thought because thought is always changeable and so thought is the highest form of everything yeah i think therefore i am kind of shit which he didn't even write like if they say he anyway attributed yeah because we don't know we right. he didn't write anything down so we don't know <laughs> <laughs> it's and that's good all i know is i know nothing yeah. why didn't it's so funny because why wouldn't we make like socrates a god why, why did we make jesus like we know socrates was a guy you know like what <sighs> right i don't he wasn't see what's what if jesus was a lot you know was a person let's say it's scary that he was trying to get people to follow him Socrates' whole thing was he didn't want any fame or recognition for what he was doing. He just wanted to distill the knowledge. Yeah. You know? So he doesn't get followers. You got to at Closed mouths don't get fed. You want followers, you got to ask. Yeah. At, yeah <laughs> at tweeting, twatting. Do you right. have a Twitter and a stuff? Do you believe in all that? Or did you... I had to as a stand-up. Uh, I don't yeah. use Twitter and I don't use Facebook, but Instagram just to keep people up on shows and oh, okay. yeah, stuff like that. All the kids using Instagram, they say that Facebook is dead. Facebook I, is for old people. We is do, what the young kids say. I'd say yeah, because we run ads on both platforms. We get maybe 20, 25 people from Instagram and zero, almost none from Facebook. Huh. Yeah. And it's the same like ad service and company and everything. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's so funny that and no I, one uses Facebook more. It sucks, but it's it's I, and it's hard for me because I'm an old lady and I just am not. I don't transition to technology well, and and I think it's and I can imagine that for mine and your parents that are older, that must mm-hmm. be even more like mind blowing that when they were little. I mean, even when I was little, the phone was attached to the wall. Yeah. Like with a little with a little cord and the stuff. And we oh, were yeah. like, oh, cordless phones, these are exciting. And now like we walk around with a tiny computer in our pockets. Like Yeah. My dad my dad missed it. He doesn't care about the phones, but my mom latched on immediately. She mm. was like, What if you have a phone, why don't you answer? And I'm like, Well, it's not an obligation. Yeah. <laughs> well, Just because it, it's on my person, you know. That's the reason why I refuse to get a smartphone, is that then anyone can contact me like right now it's like oh i've got a dumb phone so if i do facebook i have to do it at a computer i have to go somewhere and be like i'm actively doing this now whereas and and other people expect you to respond to them faster like it's sad to me that if you if you give someone a text they expect you to text back right away right away and i'm like what if i don't for a couple hours yeah that it hurts Mm -hmm. and it hurts dating because I don't oh. reply at all, and I refuse, not refuse, but I, it's hard for me to text somebody all day. Sure. And that hurts with dating. Girls will stop talking to you. They, they, they kind of disappear because you're not available where there's like 10 other guys that are j- immediately available like that. To be their text buddy? Like, yeah. what, what would you say in something like that? I, I, cultural on. expectations are weird right now. Yeah. 
That's yeah. weird. I just move on. Why yeah. would people want to text you and stuff? I don't know. I'm a terrible texter too. So it's like you're going to get nothing from me, even if we have a conversation. I don't have conversations through text. I disseminate information that needs to be spread about. Yeah. I, you have people that get upset if you call them. Like, dude, why didn't you text me? I'm like, because I'm out front. I'm <laughs> <laughs> not going to wait. <laughs> So you weren't raised particularly any specific religion. Uh, I was raised in the Catholic Church. Oh, you were. I was until I was thirteen, where then my dad and mom gave me the option if I still wanted to go. That's so sweet of them. Yeah, it's funny. Neither of them believe in it, but they, they made you do it. Was, it. Yeah, because they were both raised that way. My dad actually is old. He was born nineteen forty-eight. Okay. His mom was Christian or Catholic, and then his dad was Jewish, and so then the only reason they got out of eastern europe was because of the christian mother so i think when they came to the states they carried that kind of fear still huh. and so none of the boys none of the women were jewish we only have i have like one cousin that's jewish wow and he's like a the new age jew not orthodox right he eats pork yeah, right? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> has the skin down there right yeah, st- <laughs> sure wow <laughs> Yeah, so that was we. I missed it. I missed all the money connections and movie parts and stuff. <laughs> I just got like top knuckle hair and <laughs> and short, you know. Did Did they go to church with you, or did they just drop you off? Uh, both. Yeah, Sundays w- they would drop, they would go with us to the service, and then they would leave, and we would go do the Sunday school thing. Oh. yeah. Do you feel that that made you a moral person, or do you think that you were going to be moral? Better. I didn't, as a kid, didn't pick up on a lot of morality that they were teaching. As Sunday school was so much, so again, like so much of the stories, oh. I just couldn't catch like the message that they were trying to give me. <laughs> yeah. Did, but did they, they didn't tell you what the message was or you just learned the songs? Not really. Like, Jesus loves me, uh, this the, I know. Yeah. The church that I went to, they didn't really like say like, well, here's what it means. They kind of were like here, you know, the, the, the pre, I think they call him a priest, been so long. They call him the priest or whatever. He would talk. And he would just tell stories for two hours. Huh. And then we'd go to Sunday school and they would tell stories. And then we would answer detailed questions about the stories, but not actually ever get into like what it means. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> and so maybe inadvertently I picked stuff up, but I never was like, oh, be a good, you know, you don't didn't, steal. You, you didn't feel that you were force fed a, a morality through their teachings. You were just like, right. it's a place where nice people hang out. They were fun stories. Were. Yeah. So you, you, you enjoyed it? Yeah, I, I thought, I mean, I loved the Harry Potter books, which are just the Bible. All those stories in the Harry Potter books are in the Bible. Uh, really? Yeah, like uh, where he defeats the snake. That's like the Garden of Eden type thing. You have like Hermione and Harry or whatever are the for. I'm messing it up. Are, are Adam and Eve? Are not Adam and Eve. Uh, I don't know if there's the Adam and Eve story. Let me try and think of what other ones there are in there. Um... Did you read this off a blog? Who told you this? Yeah, no, you decided I, I heard it in a radio show, actually. That, yeah. that, the, that they're biblical stories. My... What about Lot's wife? That is a, that's, that's my favorite one. Is that anywhere in the Harry Potter trilogy? Um, Lot, do you know? Lot's wife. Do you know about Lot and mm-hmm. Lot's wife? So it was the Sodom and Gomorrah people. Um, so the Lord said, someone challenged God or something. If you're going to, how many people will you save? How many people do there have to be in the city of Gomorrah for you to save? You know, if there's 10 righteous people, whatever, what one righteous man. Anyways, so there's one righteous man mm-hmm. in Sodom and Gomorrah. He has two daughters, he has a wife. 
And these two angel guys kind of come from the Lord and they're supposed to say, hey, Lot, Lot, get the fuck out of Dodge, man. God's going to destroy it. And the angels are really hot, I guess. And townspeople come and they're like, we want to rape those. We want to rape those dudes. And Lot says, do not rape these messengers of God. Have my daughters. So he kicks his daughters out of the house and he lets the people basically rape his daughters. Then they say, all right, let's pack up. God's letting us leave. He's going to destroy the city. And there was a little bit hemming and hawing from Lot's wife. Maybe she liked it a little bit or she liked the material things or she liked all the free rampant orgy sex times, whatever. We don't know. But they, they make mention in the Bible that like she was kind of like, she kind of liked it a little bit. So they're going and running away from Sodom and Gomorrah. And God says, and the angel through the angels that came said, don't turn back. Don't turn back. And Lot's wife, I, for whatever reason, she turned back. And God turned her into a pillar of salt. Okay. So then hmm. Lot and his two daughters, they escaped to these mountains. And there's the burning rubble of Sodom and Gomorrah. God had struck it down from the sky. And they think they're the only Jews left alive. They think they're the only ones. So the daughters get Lot rip-roaring drunk. And then they fuck him in a cave to try to perpetuate the people. Huh. That's in the Bible. Yeah. What the fuck kind of story? What are you supposed <laughs> I, to learn from that? You're right. What is the point? Like, what do you, I have no. I have no idea. Like, what you're supposed to gain from this story? Right. That even like God's reading your thoughts. Like even coveting, He knows about. Yeah. That's not a lesson. <laughs> or that, I guess if you don't follow instructions, even if they're silly, you're gonna. Get, you got to listen to God all yeah. the time. Otherwise, you're going to turn into a pillar of salt. <laughs> and I guess salt's like about remembrance. Like salt dehydrates things so you can keep them longer. Mm. Or maybe she wanted to keep the memory of like, I, who knows. But that the daughters, why, what story can we possibly learn from the daughters raping their father, getting him drunk and raping him? <laughs> yeah, what is the message? What's the See, I think they, they just like telling really good stories, you know? <laughs> it might be it. It might be it. It's like you tried it. You try again. We try to find something to believe in there. And there's at the core, there's nothing. It's just a good story. <laughs> Which Maybe not a good story, but it's right. juicy. It's, it's a story. Yeah. It's juicy. And is that what we is? I'm just trying to think of like, why do, why do people follow and believe the Bible? So much, like so many people all over the world, to, yeah. the, to the exclusion of all other things, too. Hmm. Like, I think fear. Uh, there's like uh, one of the heads of the American Atheist Association takes out like he gets like sponsors to take out ads and all the stuff. And I was just watching him on uh, Sean Hannity. Oh, and Sean Hannity's like can't believe that he doesn't believe in God and what is all these things that he, you know, is supposed to believe in. And he's like, well, here my thing is though, like. There's Christians that are actually atheists, that they're afraid because of pressure or whatever to not be a Christian anymore. And I think that has more to do with huh. the, the, the fear of not fitting in, Ooh. I think is bigger than anyone actually believing this stuff. That's why you can have so many people that repent. That's why they created repenting. Because that's not right. a, an original thing. That's a newer thing. Wow. And so they really believe in that 
what I can do whatever I want as long as I believe in God at the end of the day. Wow. And yeah, that allows them to do whatever they want. That starts at the top and then it just all the people below I think are just following But it also what some, their parents and their friends. It somehow gives you uh, being super religious somehow makes people feel better than other people. I think that's in there somewhere too of yeah. like I'm by believing this, I have a set of codes and laws and morals that other people share and we've all decided yeah that this is good i think those are the people that are the i told you so's <laughs> i think they are just gritting their teeth waiting to be like see when we get to heaven they're like see oh right i was right right <laughs> i just it was i was raised so christian that i was taught that um any other religion is a cult hmm so even Catholics, we thought were cult. Was, we thought Catholicism was a cult, yeah, because they don't actually believe in Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, like as the. And it's so strange because Jesus was like, "Everybody's welcome," but then we're like, "Wow!" Mm, oh, but no, no. Yeah. <laughs> you have to believe in him, right? You have to believe in whatever he says. It's not. It's almost like you're taking. You want to attribute your own thoughts to something else because it, you don't want to believe that your own thoughts are that powerful. Oh, isn't that though? Mm. What like Buddhism is is like communing with your own thoughts and yeah, meditation. It's the most narcissistic religion. Is it really? I think so. Yeah, they're really about like uh, the self. I mean, that's kind of a joke. Oh, okay. Yeah, but they're really all about the self and care about yourself and act, believe in yourself, follow your gut. Yeah. But then what, I mean, what's wrong with that? There's, oh, nothing. I mean, I, I, I need to, that kind of stuff would help me. We because, need narcissists, yeah. you know. But there's a fine line between like, how, is, is narcissism its own religion? Like, believe it. I believe in myself. Yeah. I don't need Jesus. I'm a narcissist. <laughs> Duh. <laughs> I mean, that. but people can get ahead. Well, what's getting ahead? You know, like, what's, what's the ultimate goal? And right. is it? I, and I, I don't even know. See, they have, like, uh, I read, I like the Tao oh, a uh -huh, lot. Uh-huh, uh, That's probably, like, the close, if I was going to align myself with anything, that's probably, like, the closest thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're, where, like, Buddhism, they say, is, like, a denial of life. They're trying to, like, remove as much of human experience as you can. There's why I like a lot of Buddhist monks, like, don't eat, oh. don't have sex, don't masturbate. They don't do these very, like, two of those things are sexual, but they don't do these very yeah. human right. sure. <laughs> human things. They're, they, they spend their time trying to, like, deny and push out any type of, like, human experience. And Taoism is, like, an acceptance of right. human the, experience. The middle, the middle way. Yeah. Enjoying the moment of transit. Right. Yeah. I get that. There was a... Yeah. Um, I read the Tao of Pooh, so I, I understand a little bit about it. Yeah, which is great. I just saw it. My roommate just gave me that for the first it's great time. It's great. Book. And the Day of Piglet. It's Anyone really listening, great. you have to you have to read Benjamin that. Hoff. It's the, he's he's it's great. He really breaks it down and tells mm -hmm. this one story about there was a Chinese master who was getting people were asking him questions or stuff, and someone was trying to trick him, and he said, "But." You say always take the middle way. What if, what if my path, what if the path is blocked with a horse, a stallion that, that is raging? And he says, take a different street. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, the middle way is not about one path. It's right. about 
it's the it's enjoying the moment of transit and i was like ah see i i can get down with that yeah yeah. There's there's really cool stuff. My favorite from the story from the the Tao, the Tao of Pooh, is uh where they say like uh, Tigger is leading them through the forest. They're trying to get th- to the top of a mountain, and they're trying to get away from Tigger the whole oh, time. Yeah. And then they get lost, and now Tigger's the only one that like knows the way back. And so then at the end of the whole thing, they actually needed Tigger the most of everyone there. Right. Even though they, uh, the story is like Trish trying to get away from him. Right, because Rabbit does not like right. being bounced. Yeah, at all. And so that's like, uh, I don't know, there's value in that, I think. See, these kind of stories I can get down with. Like, yeah. that that's an allegory that has a, has a lesson to it. Yeah, and it's a direct, into your life, today you can start doing it. Sure. As opposed to, I, oh, if I practice and pray enough, maybe right. the message will come and I'll know how to apply it. But no, that's straight up a everyone has a value of some kind yeah you just gotta find it oh that's you know? very sweet yeah I, I believe i believe that yeah i'd I, say i wonder about all of the weird like Grimm's fairy tale all those kind of tales allegories that we've been taught as children in the stories and that whether like it's it's not part of a religion it's just part of like culture growing up and then so with hansel and gretel and the gingerbread house and the witch what are we supposed to learn from that like don't old ladies are scary right i I mean i don't don't go in the forest alone don't go in the forest alone okay that's i mean but i think though in that's in that story right when hansel and gretel escape they come out as adults they go in as children and come out as adults i think that the original one just like uh red riding hood oh same kind of thing yeah they go Mm. she goes into the forest a girl and then the wolf is like supposed to represent her period oh she comes out, yeah she comes out a woman the other side wow yeah i, I don't know if that's true of i believe Gretel, it hey yeah. i believe you yeah. i'm on your i'm on your tip like if you believe it i believe, uh, yeah. I, believe that. I absolutely believe that <laughs> that might be a thing cool. a lot of wikipedia reading yeah right it's because it's, at your, fin- it's yeah. at your fingertips it's right there wikipedia it's books are in there sometimes but yeah it's a I lot st- of wikipedia i still have a lot of books yeah, but I Wikipedia a lot too. Yeah, there's a. I got a uh, sophomore year of high school. They showed me a game where you connect the two weirdest things you can just clicking on blue links. Uh-huh. So you go on Wikipedia and start with like I don't know, like a Chevy engine, and try to find your way to like George Washington. Wow, yeah, that's like, a weird game. That's like six degrees of separation, except yeah. with things. And it's weird how far how the stuff that you can connect if you just sort of know what kind of like the direction you're heading. So yeah. you would go like. Chevy engine yeah, that to was, yeah my 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 project sophomore year was I got from a Hemi engine back into um Taoism <laughs> yeah <laughs> and that's how I, my first discovery of Taoism and was all around that yeah wow so it's just it's like using the internet as a toy yeah you can just click through and wow yeah, it's kind of fun because you learn random stuff wow and that's what I, I feel like I that's I'm not again like not smart at all but you just say something and then I'm like oh I read something about vaguely remember like Harry Potter being the Bible I vaguely remember that's great that's <laughs> a, well that's the symptom of the millennium yeah well this has been a lot of fun David Samuel do you have anything else you want to share with the listeners um, about things you believe in or anything like that could I do a little promotion hell yeah you guys can follow me on Instagram to see shows uh, nobody likes David. That's it. <laughs> That's my handle. Um, I'll be doing a Sacramento Emerging Artist show cool. on the seventeenth. 
in Sacramento, so that's pretty cool. Uh, and then I think I'll be down here at Punchline next month. Oh, right on. I think, yeah. Yeah. Are you on a, a Attractive Camp or one of those shows? What uh, are you doing? I think it's just one of their Sunday showcases. Oh, great. Yeah, I, got the Ron, I found out Ron Vi is a big gambler. Oh. And so he's, yeah. Yeah. So you got you you're scratching you're scratching all the right backs. Yeah, trying good for you. To. That's yeah. great. Yeah. yeah, good for you. All right, a couple of Sundays punchline. David Samuel, guys, uh, don't friend him on Facebook because he doesn't use that. Yeah. But follow him on Instagram and go up to Sacramento, or if you're from Sacramento, I mean, yeah. anybody from anywhere could be listening to this. Yeah, come see shows. Come see shows. Come yeah. to comedy. Well, thanks. I'm excited to see you at an open mic or at a show soon and. Thanks for being here. Yeah, this was dope. About, are you, but you're going to, you didn't just come down here from Sacramento for this. You're going to like no, comedy tonight. I just stuff. came for this. <gasps> yeah, because I met Punchline in Sacramento tonight. Oh my God. Yeah. Oh my God. That's so awesome. You really did. Wow. I like, I love, like I said, I've been here a couple times to do the open mic. I really liked you and I really liked the room and cool. I just had a lot of fun here. So I was like Aww. trying to get on and come. And this is my first podcast radio show. Oh, sweet. Yeah, so I wanted to exercise this muscle a little bit. And awesome. Yeah. Well, let me know. I'm going to be booking December soon, so I have... But you probably have shows on Friday nights. I have. I do shows here every Friday night. Yeah, I, mean, I can probably make it down. Okay, cool. Yeah. We'll I'm talk about that, that on the yet. internet. Very soon. <laughs> hey, hey, you're two years in and you already have a paying room. That's pretty fucking cool. Uh, cool. Thanks so much for being here. This has been Some Call Me Tim. And uh, we'll be back next week. Let's see who the guest is next week. I, don't, I can let you guys know this. Uh, next week, our next week's guest is uh, the 14th, Kathy Boudreaux. She's an interesting cat. She was like, um, a, she went to, did the Holy Zoo with all those guys in the early 80s. She's been doing comedy for 36 years and she fell out of it for a while and now she's back. Yeah. So she's like, 56 or something oh, it's cool. neat to have her I mean because in the 80s she was like a real comic yeah <laughs> so <laughs> so it's like what she has cool stories um thanks again David Samuel for being here go check him out in Sacramento and we'll be back next week with some call me Tim bye recreational adult use in 2018. Spark is located at 1256 Mission Street between 8th and 9th and at 473 Haight Street at Fillmore. Both locations are open until 10 p.m. every night. Spark staff looks forward to serving you. Rainbow Grocery, a worker-owned and operated food cooperative located at 1745 Folsom Street in the Mission District of San Francisco. Let's hear what locals have to say about Rainbow Grocery. Their bulk section is dope AF. I love their, their variety.
hear the trippy music. You know what time it is here on Mutiny Radio. It's time for Some Call Me Tim. All right. uh, Welcome to Some Call Me Tim. Today is 4.18 to timestamp it for you peeps. 418. It's almost 420. We have Juwan Rubin on the program today to talk about what's going on. Juwan, I haven't met you before, but we have friends in common, so I I trust. I trust that you are. If you want to listen, you can. It doesn't matter. You can hear the trippy music behind us. Nice. Uh, So. Yeah, we never met before. We've never met before. Yeah. So but I don't you know. Saw the I didn't post. Know, saw the post on Facebook on Bacon. Uh, bacon is. Uh, I don't want to tell too many people about Bacon because I like to keep it as exclusive, exclusive as possible. The, uh, the seven thousand five hundred people that are yeah. part of Bacon. Yeah, it's super exclusive. <laughs> a lot of fucking people. Yeah. And then there's also. Uh, yeah, there's a there's a Google Doc of all the uh, different shows in the area. So if you're a comedian and you want to know what's going on, then go to Bacon and find out. You know if there's an open mic near you. So yeah, I saw your post and uh, yeah, I was like, okay, yeah, I'm down to do a little bit of radio or w- whatever we got going on here. I guess yeah. there's a podcast and all that. Yeah, uh, it, we're not we're not terrestrial, but we are on the internet. So. Uh, so on this show, the first thing I usually have you do is look deep into the eyes of Sparkle Jesus. All right. And uh, and I ask, do you believe in Jesus? Do I believe in Jesus? I believe I believe there was a, a man historically named Jesus oh. who came from Nazareth. That's historical. That's in uh, you know that's in his history books. Uh, as far as everything that's that goes on in the Bible, I also believe that as well. Really? Yes, I do believe the, everything that was going on in the Bible. Like I'm, Noah and the Ark, and yes. Jonah and the whale. All that. All, all that. that. All and, right. And so, just to pre- uh, preface this, uh, I am an actu- I am actually a minister. Really? Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> so this this conversation uh, of, of, will of, be interesting. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I I used to be a religious zealot. What does so, that mean? Um, I was I was one of the kids. I was on fire for Jesus as a child. Oh, like, you're a Jesus. Freak. I was a Jesus freak. I was <laughs> I went to Christian school. I was I was all about my 33 year old invisible friend that I got to talk to all the time. Nice. Solving all, solving all my problems. Nice. <laughs> uh, but I went I went to I mean I was in a Christian school for kindergarten through seventh grade and uh, really involved in the church until uh college so okay I what know happened in college story. well uh yeah so what happened was we got had turned a, out huh? well we had a big we had a and i was no i was a i was a virgin until i got married um, okay. i mean i was very like i didn't want anybody to see me naked that was weird jesus shamed me into okay. that whole into not getting an std thanks jesus high five, high five um, so oh it's great but um we had a mega church kind of in a very rich town and our pastor who we revered and thought was this amazing person um he basically was sleeping with all the women that he was having one-on-one counseling with wow and so he would be on the pulpit and he would talk about his three children and his wife and how much he loved them and all this stuff and then he was having sex with like they didn't know if it was was between nine and 18 women wow who were all and he was like saying 
he was sort of using God as a way to get them to do it. Like I have to help. I, like I'm the go-between between you and God. And it was Gross. kind of like, right. Terrible. Right. <laughs> so when that happened, like my whole world just shat. I was like, everything I believe in is lies. Wow. It took us one guy having uh, maybe halfway consensual sex with 18 women. Right. And it was like, but it was that I had been taught to revere this person, right? Like, and so it just, for me, that was rough. Yikes. I'm so sorry that had to happen to you, you know? I mean, it was, but I'm a much, I'm much better as like a crazy feminist than I was as a, as a religious zealot. I was annoying. I was like one of those, like walk up to you in the mall and be like, you need, is your life going to be, are you going to be saved by Jesus Christ? Like, is everything going to be okay with you? Like, I'm worried about you and I don't want you to go to hell. And so for God's love, the world, he gave his only begotten son and we should talk. And people are like, Whoa, on fire for Christ. Get out of here. Nice. Nice. But that was, you know, I don't do that. anymore. You don't do that anymore. So, so that was the defining moment for you. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, yeah. What, what do you want to know? Uh, well, I mean, mean, whatever, what makes you, Oh, so you, you believe that like God exists and has a plan for your life and that yes. you're a tool in his ca- toolcase toolkit like sure. i want to know what like how you well so with- well let's let's start at the very beginning okay. so the very beginning in the beginning you know god made heaven and the earth so we have to define who god is first so i think what happens is um a lot of people so I, okay, so let's go a little bit further back. So Plato, right? Uh-huh. Plato was a, a, a philosopher, the, uh, the, f- the founder of all science really right now, right? And what he said was that the word doesn't matter. It's not the word that matters. It's the idea behind the word that is re- that's real. The words aren't real. Words are the way that we communicate with each other. But the idea. So if I t- if I say uh, if I say the word chair, you might think of something that has a back with four legs, right? But a horse also has a back with four legs, right? Right. So it's really what goes into your mind. And so what happened was now fast forward, Hollywood uh, basically gave us images of who God is because there's because in the bible it says no one has ever seen the face of god nobody has right right uh moses saw a burning bush a couple other people saw visions or whatnot but then no one's ever seen the face of god no living person and so when you think of the idea of God, uh, Hollywood has kind of painted him as this big, you know, white guy with gray hair in the sky. Right. 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 The Zeus kind of thing. Yeah. The so Zeusian I God. think that's kind of where it came from. Right. Is they try to, you know, make it make sense. But really, if you the, the idea of God is that he's omnipresent, he's everything. Everything is God. Mm. Me, I'm God. You're God. This, you know, the walls are God. Everything is God. Right. And so. From there, the space between atoms. Right, the space between atoms. Because that's like what's... that's the weird thing is, is you're sitting in a chair. Right. But that chair is basically a bunch of empty space. Right. Because if you look on the, you know, cellular level and atomic level, right. there's all this space in between these things that are moving around. Yet that's a chair. Definitely. So it's like the space. Yeah, right. and I actually I have a book on my website juanrubin.com. Um, so in my book I talk about this where it's that God is just a life force, and you oh. can call it whatever you want i may call it god you may call it god somebody else might call it the force somebody else might call it mother mother nature someone else might call it allah you know fate you know whatever 
These, these, these are just words that we attach to the idea. Did, now, I, 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 this is a technical question, but in Revelations, uh, John, in his visions, never saw God. He saw the beast with the six, six. He no. saw the headed things. He saw the, he saw crazy stuff, a and bear frog or something. But and it's funny, no um, face of God. Um, you know, I don't know. You might want to Google this, but most, a lot of ministers don't preach on Revelations because John the Revelator, <laughs> John the Revelator, he was, <laughs> he was actually, yeah, he got, he got banned, right? And he was on this island by himself with his servant. So he technically didn't write Revelations. His servant did. Huh. And he secluded himself in a cave with a bunch of uh, incense and other things going on. And that's how he told his, his servant to write Revelations. So a lot of reason why a lot of ministers don't preach out of Revelations. Some do, but not a lot of them do because technically John was high. He was high, yeah. <laughs> he was smoking that, that yeah. cave fungus. Some weird cave fungus yeah, that has like... That's how he PC saw the visions. Yeah. Sure. Well, and they say that when Jesus... When people try to scientifically reconstruct some of the miracles, and, and now with the legalization of marijuana, what a miracle. But they say that cannabinoids and cannabis were grown at that point. Right. And when the Jewish priests, they would be anointed. They weren't just like anointed with oil, like a little on your head. Right. They were like physically dipped in these huge vats of oil that had like all of these herbs and things going on and like yeah. probably cannabis. Yeah, yeah. And so, because India was right there. Yeah. And that, I mean, that was growing around. I mean, it, things moved around. We know that there were trading routes and whatnot. Yeah. But so they literally like anoint them. And so yeah. they'd have visions yeah, yeah. because they'd, I don't know, emotionally and physically prepared. Yeah, and that, and I hopefully I don't get in trouble for saying this, but I mean, nowhere in the Bible is it safe for you not to smoke marijuana. Sweet. Right? Well, it says body's a temple. And yeah, I guess, but smoking but marijuana is, is good for you. That's so, true too. you know, it's kind of helping your temple. It's not destroying it. Unless you talk about like current carcinogens and all that, then in that case, you do like a vape pen or you sure. do edibles. Yeah. But um, yeah, there's nothing real, there's nothing technically a, a wrong with it. It's just, you know, you have these traditions. Like, I, I grew up in the Baptist church, so ah. they're very rigid, very uh, conservative. But you're not a Baptist, Baptist minister. I am a Baptist. You minister. are a Baptist minister. Yeah. Wow. Well, I'm yeah, I'm licensed through the Baptist church. Wow. <laughs> wow. But I'm a I'm eclectic. My views are very because yeah, you already that's pretty mind blowing with the platonic chair theory. <laughs> and uh, but yeah, so you're a Baptist minister. Yes, ma'am. That's great. So but you worship. You never swear. You don't. So I do swear. So I mean, okay. so okay, we can go into actual scripture if you want. I mean, like the when Jesus says to refrain from using profanity. If you look up the word profanity, profanity just means any words that you use that will make someone uncomfortable or or, huh. or demean them in any way, huh. right? So if I'm if I'm in a conversation with someone and I know socially it's uh, these are quote unquote cuss words, and actually let's even back up a little bit more. Why are these the f word and the sh word bad words? If you, you know, right? So I had a psychology teacher. He's, he studied linguistics and he told me a story. So I'm going to tell you this story, okay? It basically goes like this. So in England, right? Because that's where English comes from. In England, before England was in a country, there was two uh, uh, major tribes and they were at war with each other, right? And so 
one of the tribes, uh, which we, we can call them English, on their armor during battle, they would write on their armor, fornicate and defecate. Huh. Was basically meant that they were going to rape your women and crap all over your land. Right? right. Sure, sure. So in retaliation, the other tribe wrote on their armor the same thing, but in their language, fucka and shitta. Huh. Right. And so needless to say, the English tribe won. And so that became uh, the other tribe became the forbidden language. You weren't supposed to speak oh, that language. Yeah. And so when you talk about like our, you know, Baptist, conservative Baptists, yeah, technically, you know, they they don't cuss. A lot of Christians don't cuss, quote unquote cuss. Uh, but that, that's just a misconception of what, you know, profanity is. Right. right? That's just the for, forbidden language. Well, so if I'm talking. So fast forward. So if I if I'm talking to someone and I know socially it's not acceptable to use those words, then I'm not all, you know, automatically going to use them because I know I might be pro, uh, be profaning them. Right. right. Um, however, if I'm in a conversation, and someone's dropping an F-bomb, S-H-bomb, then that gives me free range to do it as well because I know it's not going to offend them. Right. And there's also a, a cultural context. When I hear people, when I'm on the bus and somebody has hip hop music on that has very bad words in it, mm-hmm. I don't say anything unless there's children. And mm. if there's kids, I kind of put like the moral kibosh on it. I'm like, can you put your headphones on? There's kids. Yeah. Like yeah. just because... Well, that's I don't stupid swear in, in general. They shouldn't be playing music. Well, I don't, I don't, <laughs> I don't swear in front of children because I don't think it's appropriate. I feel like uh, these are words that we get to use when we're adults because we understand the language and we know how to use them yeah. and we know context. And so I don't want to do them in front of children. Yep. So that's the only reason. So it's it's moral. It's more like an I don't know an integritous ethical stance on swear. But I swear. Oh my god. Yeah. Like, yeah, I do stand up, so I'm yeah. constantly swearing yeah. and talking about profane and ridiculous ideas. Off top, yeah. yeah. And when I first started doing, com- I've been doing comedy for about seven, eight years now. Oh so wow! When I first started doing it, I wasn't a minister, so I, you know, my comedy is a little more raunchy. And then when I came and became a minister, it's like, well, okay, I should clean, probably clean this up, you know, clean up my acts. And sure. it was a very difficult thing to do, to you know, not use profanity and not, you know, not not go off the cuff with cuss words and even just the subject matters, you know, having to change subject matters. Well, when you write sermons, you write a whole sermon every week, right? You write an hour or half hour long speech? For the most part, I, either either I write it manuscript or I just write notes. Because you, you've got a captive audience. You can, if you can write clean material, you can do a 30 minute set every Sunday. That's great. <laughs> Basically. For, twice for two different two different shows, 30 it's minute like sets. That, yeah. I mean, come on, that's great. It's kind of like that's that, That's super yeah. cool. I mean, but it has to come from the word, but yeah, I mean, yeah, I, but you I, can do, make, I throw jokes in there. I have tons of jokes about feminism in the Bible. Yeah. Ruth and Esther. Let me hear one. Okay. Um, <laughs> so you obviously know the book of Ruth, so I don't have to... Th- there's, there's two books in the Bible that are specifically named after women, and so right. I figure Ruth as a feminist, I should, you know do a little study into those. So what I learned um, from the book of Esther mm-hmm. is that um, what you have to do as a woman is have a hot rack and not look Jewy. So her name was Hadassah. They're uh. like, oh girl, you got to cut that out. You got to, your name is not Hadassah. Your name is Esther. They basically put her in with the concubines of the king after he, he, he kicks out his queen Vashti because she won't dance around naked in front of his drunk buddies. And then he's like, I'm going to get another hot bitch up in my crib and then he's like you know change your name don't be Hadassah be Esther and then she saves the entire Jewish people how is she good at puzzles is she like she's an incredible vocalist she's an amazing musician no she has a hot rack and doesn't look Jewy that's basically what I learned from the book of Esther thank you God nice, I know exactly what to do with it. I 
know exactly what I should do as a feminist. That's um, awesome. Thank you. See, that you was... get it because oh, you yeah. read the you read the book. So yeah. when I do that joke, if people don't have any biblical knowledge, they just yeah. look at me blankly. They're like, "We don't care. We don't get it. We have no context yeah, for what you're talking about." I wish I had that joke uh, before I was a minister. I did a um, <laughs> I did a fashion show. Uh, I did a um, I did a private show, <laughs> and I did about 15 minutes set. Um, and I actually had dinner rolls thrown at me at this <laughs> church event, you know what I mean? And I, I made the joke, uh, let he who was without sin throw the first dinner roll. And like, they just came flying. I didn't know who threw them. It was, it was an interesting moment because that's I'm like, hilarious. you guys are Christian. What are you doing throwing dinner rolls at me? If you don't like my comedy, that's one thing, but don't, don't, you know, no, that was wow. I, I guess maybe I offended them in some kind of way. So Actually, I was a minister at that time. <laughs> well, this is a thing that, this is a strange biblical question about, um, Jesus oh, gets man. big on people about calling someone fool. Right, so it's right. kind of like that. Just like Proverbs too. It's like, that's the super, is that like the judgiest thing you can do is to call someone else a fool or a foolish. And I'm thinking though, as comedians, Aren't we playing the role of the fool? Or is that linguistically different? The fool that he's talking about is not like the Shakespearean fool. Right, right. Which, like, so is it, which, like, what did he mean by, right. and why did he take such, like, great offense about calling your, like, it was in the Beatitudes, like, don't ever call anyone a fool, it's the worst thing you can do. Yeah, you know, Beatitudes, that's cool. And I'm like, really? Yeah, um, well, first off, you know, uh, it, it, it People get in trouble a lot with scripture because the danger is, is that the King James version or any of these other versions, they're translations. Sure. Right? So as a minister, what I usually have to do before, when I'm getting into a scripture is I have to translate it back to the original language, right? Because depending on where you are, if you're talking about Jesus, then that's the New Testament. So it was written in uh, Arama Aramaic, Aramaic yeah. and Hebrew. And so depending on, you know, what scripture it is, you have to translate it back. So that scripture, I probably have to translate it back to Hebrew just to see what word fool because he might be it might be two different types of fools sure right um and so uh, that's number one number two is um uh, you remember that you know we have the old testament the new testament at the beginning god made adam and eve and he made them in his image right so uh when he made them in his image <clears throat> basically he made them perfect sure or at least as perfect as he could uh in the physical form and so our, our goal as human beings were always to be a, ref, a, a reflection of God and his image and almost the perfect being that he is. So when you, when, when you're up to that, exactly. So when you're <laughs> foolish, <laughs> then you're not being, you're not on the high wisdom of God. So when, mm -hmm. so when Jesus brings up, I'm not hundred percent sure as I haven't studied the scripture, but when he talks about the fool, he's probably talking about the fool in Proverbs because Jesus references the old Testament a lot. Right. So he's probably talking about the fool in Proverbs when it, the fool in Proverbs, it's always, it's always the difference between wisdom, which comes from God and foolishness, which uh, is not, not just that you don't have wisdom, but you don't have knowledge either. Right. Well, and it's, it, there's a, a, a carelessness of thought. It's that it's, being it's foolishness is almost impulsivity because if you were going to think about things so it's almost like he's warning us yeah. against being yeah uh, think before you speak think right. before you think do before you but not even just that think and then also pray to god for the wisdom so that you can think clearly but isn't that just an argument for like meditation so that's the thing is Definitely. if you're praying like 
Because when I was little, I literally believed that like Jesus, 33-year-old Jesus with his little stigmata right. is sitting next to me on my bed, <laughs> petting my head. And I'm like, oh, the girls don't like me. And he's like, it's okay. You say everything's cool. And I'm like, but I don't know why everybody doesn't like me. And he's like, yeah. if you could just shut up a little bit, people might like you a little bit more. But Jesus, I don't. he's like, nobody likes to know it all, Pam. Come on. You know. But it, it's, and the question is, as a child, was I truly, but in my belief, that was there. Like, yeah. And, but that's not, that's almost like when I was a child, I thought like a child and now I'm a man and I've put childish ways behind me. Awesome. And it's like, so does Jesus, I mean, that's so weird for me because it was like, I think I was little and I believed that that was real. And now I'm an adult and I'm like, when we die, we're fucking dead. <laughs> like that's it. There's right. no, there's no... 12 mansions in the sky. <laughs> There's no riches piling up for me. Right, it's right. kind of all here. Yeah. Well, when I first, uh, before I became a minister for about three years, I was really deep into the word and trying to like really, uh, get right. Well, not to say get right. Just, I was curious enough to really study it. Right. And so that's kind of why I prefaced at the very beginning that, you know, the, the word doesn't matter. It's the idea behind the word. Right. So, you know, to me, I'm praying to God, but to someone else, they're meditating to, to get nirvana. But I mean, or someone is speaking something into existence as well. Right. You talk about the law of attraction, right? Sure. So sure. if you, if you say, I want this to happen and you, you think about it in a positive way, the law of attraction says that it'll come your way. Right. Now you can make those parallels is that just the universe, you know, giving you what you asked for because you were thinking about it or, or, and, and saying it because the law of attraction says you actually have to say it too. Sure. It's the same as, as prayers is pretty much uh, in the that, same yeah, realm. Yeah. yeah. Well, and th the other thing is that like, when you're negative and in a bad mood, people don't like you. And so you probably aren't going to get what you want. Yeah. Like the nicer and better. And hey, Jesus, turn the other cheek. Yeah. Oh. Instead of picking up a stick <laughs> or a gun, right. you can like empathize and, and be calm because nobody can force any reactions out of you. Yeah. It's how we react to the situation and yeah. putting wisdom into your reactions. I think that's where. Yeah. Otherwise, because if we're just being reactionary all the time, yeah, then, then what? Then yeah. <sighs> you have to respond, not react. You know, because re reaction is at the very minimum level of physics, right? And we're a little bit above physics because we're sure. able to study physics, right? Un unlike the trees who just adhere to physics and they can't do anything about it, right? <laughs> yeah, you don't, you don't. Uh, yeah, they can't study physics. You don't feel the wind. You you hear the tree. Yeah. Um, <laughs> There's a, this is a so how old are you? Are you 33? You're a little older. I'm just curious. Uh, yeah, I'm in my uh, 30s. Oh, yeah, because uh, Jesus did all his ministry in his 33rd year, and I think that's very interesting, and specifically that it was just this one year. Oh, crap. And it's yeah. 33 is this great kind of thing. So, uh, my boyfriend just turned 33, and I wanted to have because he's also very religious. Uh, and I wanted <laughs> so to he's have religious, which you're not. No, no, he was. Oh, he's he was. also now he's like he's super into punk rock, and he's like, fuck God, punk rock uh, is dope. Yeah, <laughs> but um, so at first 33rd birthday, I wanted to have a party and he's like I don't want a party so I was like fuck but I, I came up with the ideas for it it was going to be all Jesus Jesus themed so I was going to make one called Pearls Before Swine and they were going to be little pearl onions wrapped in bacon and then like 
with some herbs. So like with um, okay. herbs. So like I take like a rosemary and stick it through the pearl onion and then roast it and then put some bacon around it. And so that would be one pearls before swine. Okay. And I wanted to make I wanted them all to be biblically themed. So I wanted to do five loaves, two fish. And so I'd wanted to do two <laughs> fish in a salt crust where you take the whole fish and you put it in the salt crust and then you make it look like a fish on the outside and you crack it open <laughs> and have like and bake a bunch of fresh bread like five loaves. I just thought it would be really cute, right? To have like a Jesus themed thirty. <laughs> third birthday party food thing and he was like that's really darling but we don't have that many friends and nobody will get it like, they'll be like why are you and for a week I was like she trying to come up like, yeah, yeah. Jesus, Jesus themed food it's really funny because of all the parables it's like yeah. the seeds in the don't you know the seeds in the in the in the uh, rocky path? You yeah. put, you plant your seeds. You don't just. It's the same thing. He talks a lot about restraint. You don't just throw your seeds willy nilly wherever and go. Oh, I hope something grows. Yeah. You have to take it's the gonna, seed, yep. nurture the seed. Maybe even germinate it first. You yeah. gotta nurture the soil. You gotta build your little. Land. Do the whole thing. Plant it. Put on the fertilizer. Don't throw it on rocks. Yeah. Don't. Why <laughs> would you? Why would you have expectations of anything? <laughs> I, I really love the parables because I love allegories and I think any being told as like I feel like that's what's wrong with kids these days is we're not teaching them moralistic anything it's like Disney is teaching them morals right. which is terrible we don't want why are we giving D Disney all the power over right. shaping our children yeah. where it's like but the parables and allegories it's great stuff it's you know stuff, like yeah. the you know, don't and build it, your house in a sandy land. Don't yeah. build it too near the shore. And that's what, and the, that's one of the reasons why Jesus spoke in parables because it, it helped people unlock their minds. You know, um, metaphors and all that. The, just the beauty of of linguistics. That's what I, I really love. Uh, actually, I teach. <laughs> I teach a public speaking class and a writing class um, like five or six hours a week. And cool. Yeah, I, I try to let them know about similes and all that stuff. And it's it's interesting to see how kids, you know, they somewhere in their brain they get it, right? But they, they can't put it into words what they understand or what they get, right? And so, you know, you bringing that up is, is that makes a lot of sense. And, and it, even just, you know, I'll have kids. Do you have kids? No. Okay. Well, I hopefully, you know, I don't know. One day I'll have kids or maybe not. I don't really care at this point. But, uh, you know, um, yeah, so kids, like, um, one thing that I, I want to do is I, I don't want them to be in the school system because I, I just, I feel like, yeah, yeah like, it's a, it's a babysitting system. Right? Yeah, absolutely. That's kind of where it came from. When, when the Industrial Revolution hit, all of a sudden now people are going to work uh, nine to five, whereas prior to that, people owned a farm or they owned a business right. and they just worked whenever, you know? Um, and so when they were in the factory from nine to five, couldn't leave, the kids needed something to do. So that's where K, K through 12 came about. Wow. And so I've been, te you know, I've, I've been teaching for about six or seven years as well. And when I first, the first time I started teaching, I was like, why are we teaching these, these kids, these outdated things, Right. you know, it really, or I, teaching to the test, which yeah. is so dumb when no child left behind anything. No, they're not. Cause they're not, there's no critical thought. I, no. I thought that George Bush's, I was, I was a credentialed school teacher from 97 to 2001. Right. And I got out because I saw what no child left behind was bringing in. Oh, and really? that was taking away critical thought. Everything went from test taking. It, huh? it went to test taking Wow. and fill in the blank and, and fill in the simile. This is to this is this is to this, you know, wow. that kind of stuff, as opposed to reading a story and, and considering the themes and applying those themes to your own life or right. like all of that was just wow. gone. Creative yeah. writing gone. Yeah. I graduated Oh four. So I probably saw the, the tail end of that. But, um, yeah, when I was, um, 
yeah when i was in high school i i went to a pretty cool high school so uh, shout out to james logan in union city um very it's a, it's a college preparatory school so they still made us do that and I, I had a really hard time like i was telling my kids the other day like i had a hard time understanding english just because i was a mathematical thinker and everything you just said about like um analyzing themes it just didn't make any sense to me because in math there's always one answer right but when there's when you're reading a book there might be multiple themes and i right. couldn't grasp the concept of there being more than one theme sure but it really helped me when i figured it out in college really uh my mind just opened up right and just i started i started seeing things from different perspectives exactly i think that the only thing that's going to save the world right now is uh fiction stories literature is good literature written about people who, who writes good literature well anymore. i i think that Stephen, <laughs> i think i think that stephen king is going to be known as as one of the literary greats one day because his short stories are really incredible but yeah. when you are writing in even a first person narrative and it's somewhat like stephen king can write from a woman's perspective and he does it amazingly he can write from like a racist perspective and it's mm. totally great you can he can write from a misogynist pers- he can write from a crazy person's perspective yeah, he wrote a lot of books he's written oh my god he's written like crazy so many novels and then all the short stories and everything he's, it's just it's mind-blowing but i think that's what can save the reason that we people don't why can't we just all get along mm-hmm. is that we are unable to empathize with one another and right. one of the ways that we can teach empathy is through fiction off top because when people are reading a story mm-hmm. you get that intimate like you're the character right, right it's right, right. your brain or you're that you know like you're there as you but you're also there as what the author wants you to do well frig it's, it's also it's a dangerous uh, situation now because i don't know if you heard but like kids have they just have like ipads and laptops in school now so now they're they, they're still reading but they're reading pixels pixels right so what happens is with your brain is that you know you have two hemispheres of your brain the pixels only activate one side of your brain oh right whereas when you read when you read actual print there's actual ink right and so right. your brain is picking up not only uh not only just the words but the calligraphy of the words sure, the and, font. and yeah, yeah the actual font and so you use both hemispheres of your brain sure well because so it's, it's a picture it's it's yeah. either it, a letter is one symbol that is a picture it's a yeah. picture symbol and when you're reading it on a screen it's a hundred t- tiny little blips of light yeah. that become a, a letter yeah. it's like instead of one image it's multiple images being one image it's yeah. pretty mind-blowing yeah it is mind-blowing and and that's and that's one of the reasons why i think kids don't want to read anymore they're kind of gravitating towards doing uh, looking at video or looking right. at film uh, and it, it's just it's it's vapid consumption of images see that's the problem yeah. i have is that but they're smart as hell i know but they need but but we can teach them when they make pictures in their own head that's only going to make them smarter right like the idea that TV and movies and visual images are what they kind of gravitate towards. Mm-hmm. That's because it's easy. Because mm-hmm. when you read a book, you have to take those little symbols and you have to put those symbols into words. And then you have right. to think, oh, what does that word mean in which language? And what does that mean? And then you put them in sentences and then they create pictures in your head. Yeah. There's a lot of higher order fucking thinking going on yeah, when you're reading. Yeah, yeah. You know? And so that we're we're losing that. Yeah. And that's scary. And then we wonder why kids don't care. We wonder why we have a president who watches TV all day and doesn't read books and doesn't actually study. <laughs> because why well, would because I already know everything. We don't. There's so... So you're not a Trump supporter. Oh, God. Well, how, how could I be? How could anybody <laughs> in California be? Are, are you? Um, I like to think of myself as a Trump empathizer. 
and I, empathizing. Yeah, not a tr- I'm not a 100% a Trump supporter, but I do empathize with with him. But he's he's an egotistical maniac. He's out of control. Most guys are, you know. Um, so, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I, I guess I've. But Obama wasn't. He was so humble. Obama and was an actor. He was the he was the best actor we've ever had as president. You think so? He should have got an Oscar. But he's but he was a, he's a constitutional <laughs> lawyer. Yeah, lawyers are actors, right? Yeah, like, but I I, I believe. <laughs> Believed him. I believed everything he said. I Definitely. believed his I wife. Did too. I believed his children. I, I did too. I, and, you know, I voted for him the first time just to say that I voted. So first, first of all, I don't actually believe in democracy. So what do you mean? I don't believe democracy. I don't believe democracy. You know, I going back to Plato. Plato said democracy can never work because we're we as people are too stupid. Yeah, because dumb people are going to vote for dumb people. So, right. You know, the, he, right. Because it's actually, a popularity contest. Because democracy yeah. is a popularity contest. At the end of the day, yeah. I mean, it's supposed to be for the people, but. But I mean, psh, so right. what do you want an aristocracy? Do you want to, do you want to, do you want to get back to Kings and Queens or no, no, no. So Plato actually mapped out this government that has never been implemented. Oh. Um, and the reason it can't be implemented, cause it kind of probably needs to start at the very beginning of time, I think. <laughs> so, um, so though, so he basically said the perfect city state or perfect government, um, is the same as a perfect human being, right? So a perfect human being needs to have his rational, uh, so rational, righteous mind controlling the irrational spirit which controls the weak body. Ah, uh, okay. Okay. So he said as a city state needs to be the same way. We need to have the not just the smartest but righteous as well. You have to be righteous as in righteous decides, and just. Who decides that's, who's right because that's, that's the hard part. Because when the righteous people are usually self-righteous and we're like fuck yeah. you and then they're hypocritical as fuck. And the righteous ones you don't even know that they, they exist cuz they're so humble. Right. Exactly. <laughs> because they have quiet integrity and they yeah. don't sh- wave up in the air and go look at me look at look at i just tipped twenty (laughs) dollars or you know like what i just gave up like jesus in the church or whatever i just gave a hundred dollars to the church it's like give give quietly give up your heart (laughs) don't don't give seeking reward but now it feels like people only give seeking reward yeah like yeah so ah but then yeah how do you measure righteousness I, that's that's the harper that's probably why the government has never been implemented because how do you who it has to start at the beginning of time right so who how do we change the our government to that government i, I thought it'd be a very difficult process but to finish just so the the uh so the righteous uh rational thinkers needs to control the irrational army which controls the masses of people who really deep down in their heart just want to be told what to do which is like 90 percent of the population Oh, yeah. see, but I never want to be told what to do. I hate so that. So you're probably part of the 10% that doesn't, you know? That's that's in so charge. Yeah, the righteous and rational. Yeah, you're... I mean, but, look, I was a, no. but I'm a woman, so at the time, he was only talking about men. At the time, Because yes. women didn't even have... We weren't even people. Yeah, yeah. technically. Yeah. And then his protege, Aristotle, said that you're not a perfect... He went a step further and said you have to be you have to be a man to be a perfect human being. You actually have to be a man. You have to be tall. You have to be rich. And I think that was, and you have to be um, <laughs> attractive. But rich in spirit is different than than actual money. How how important is money to you? Because that's a random question, but how it goes to people. How important is money to yeah. me? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I I don't 
I don't really like money. I don't really well, on a scale it. from like it's just little pieces of paper that float through my hands, and you're just like blah, blah, to like I save and I'm totally saving up for this, or I've got <laughs> like you know like every penny I'm accounting and <laughs> I, my checkbook is always balanced. <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> a little bit of, so a little bit of history of me. So I went to school for economics and accounting. What? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and but I always had theater in my heart, right? So I did theater on the side, you know, and I ate up a lot of my units doing theater, which I shouldn't have done, but I enjoyed it. And then once school was over to keep my acting chops going, I started doing comedy, and then I started getting a fan base, and I said, oh well, I'll just keep doing this thing. But uh, so. My day job, what I do during the day, um, is I am a financial broker. Whoa. Yeah, mind-blowing. I do so many things, right? But being a minister isn't a day job? No, that's a life job. (laughs) That's, that's, yeah, people call me in the middle of the night to go pray for their their sick aunt who's in the hospital. Whoa. So, you know, that's an, that's all, that's 24-7. Yeah, but you, but it doesn't pay you enough that you can just be a minister. No. (gasps) That is so sad that you've dedicated your life to the church and you don't do you get a free place to live no <gasps> pro what bono do you get out of it uh you're a pro bono spiritual, minister <laughs> spiritual uh, uh compensation you're a pro bono minister i thought that the whole point of like being a minister or being a priest or whatever is that you got free room and board that's the problem and- what? That, that's the problem. It, what, I don't get that because people think that. Yeah, because people think that. I mean, Jesus, Jesus wasn't poor. Like we have this image of him being poor, but he wasn't poor. He just always people always gave him stuff from his from birth. They gave him gold and a bunch of bunch of crap, right? So he was always well off. He just would, he would preach that it's you know it doesn't mean anything. It's not it, it's meaningless, but it it does, it does. So that's why you ask how important is it? It's like well, in this in the world that I live in, it's a ten out of ten. But, um, you know, I don't care for it that much, but it is important because you have to, you have to live and and survive. So it's, it's somewhat important. I wish it wasn't so important in the world, but it is. So in my, in my own life, is it important? Yes, but I wish it wasn't, you know? So I I don't know. It's, it's interesting. So then as a financial broker, um, yeah, so I have a lot of clients, um, and I gotta say, I can't have to be confidential, but, um, basically I teach them on how to save properly and how to invest properly and there's there's certain things that you just have to do um that the rich fat cats are doing right now you know when trump said i don't pay any taxes you know why he doesn't pay any taxes because <laughs> there's certain accounts that you can put your money in Aww. that's completely tax-free which is what i teach my clients to do which is what i do right. so i mean it's it's I, I just I know the rules I don't quite believe in the rules but they are the rules you know right. what I'm saying if I have to play basketball then I might as well play it the best I can and know all the rules I know the rules that you makes know? sense see I think that money is what is tearing us apart and that is what is that is what is absolutely wrecking humanity is that especially as Americans we feel like people only have worth and value that's associated with dollar bills right. and when you say it's worth really and when you say value and when you say values and these kinds of things they should be esoteric they should be they should and, be yeah. part of your we don't believe in a soul anymore there should be <laughs> integrity that's like the, the whole thing that's been making me crazy is when little yeah. kids are like fake it till you make it I'm like no uh. learn practice do practice <laughs> discipline discipline but, practice learn but look how many people are financially successful from just faking it I mean I, and I'm 
mean, I do hip hop and like in the hip hop industry right now, it's like you don't even have to be a good rapper anymore. Yeah. You just have to just look like you have a lot of money and look like you, you know, and and do something that's extreme, like dye your hair a rainbow color or something like that. And, huh. and then have a crazy social media presence and then you can be a successful rapper nowadays. Wow. You know, it's very, is it, you know, it is what it is, you know. I, I, <laughs> no, no, I, I get it. I mean, this way. I, but oh, back to what you're saying, though. The Bible actually doesn't say money is the root of all evil. It doesn't? It doesn't. Who came up with that? It actually says <laughs> the love for money is oh, the root Okay. So that's that's why the world is where it is, because people are in love with money and not in well, love with themselves or God. They're in love with money. But it's the, also that people are judging each other based on how much people who don't have enough money aren't people. Right. Like when Trump says that he wants to give everyone on food stamps drug tests. Uh, excuse me? Like, wh what do you... Uh, or that everyone on food stamps is going to get now like a box, like a box of food. Like, so they, <laughs> like they're not worth worthy enough I've to make their own choices. he's saying lately. But it's like, it's saying that these <laughs> these people over here, these poor people, they're not smart enough or good. Because if they were smart and good at what they did, they'd be rich by now. I don't know if that's what he's saying. I, I think he, it's that I, poor I, people aren't people. Because they can't buy. Because if you're a good American, you're a consumer and you buy, buy, buy. And what mm. makes you a good American yeah. is by buying things in and being a part of the economy. Mm -hmm. And th our government does not respect esoteric gifts. They do not mm. appreciate artists. Right. And yeah, you know, artists, artists getting out of the school system now. And now, and now it's saying that hip hop saying, yeah, dye your hair rainbow colors and say bitch a lot and and look like you have money. <laughs> and now you're a hip hop artist. <laughs> you're an artist. Yeah, it's, it's it's very interesting that you say that. But um, yeah. But I here's what I think Trump was trying to say because when I first went, to, so you know, when I first went to school uh, in college. You know, I came from, you know, uh, I went to a high school that was near Oakland in San Leandro. And so I, you know, I, I went to uh, Logan first three years and my last year I went to San Leandro. And before that, I hung around a lot of people from Hunter's Point. Oh, yeah. And so I kind of got turned out in a way where I was like, oh, man, F everything. And like my my whole demeanor changed everything. You know, I just I was hanging around certain type of people that were just, um, you know, ghetto or a hood or whatever you want to call it. Right. And so. Uh, I remember when, you know, when I first got my financial aid check, right? Because it was from the state of California, right? Free money. I went to the mall and bought clothes, right? I know a couple guys who bought Jordans, you know, $200 shoes, you know? Yeah. And so, which I think what Trump is trying to say is that there are people who do abuse the system. I was one of them. I abused the system. And huh. I know a lot of people who still abuse the system. People who don't really need food stamps, but still, you know, but take them. everyone should have access to food. That's true. But I mean... And and, what he's saying, then the, then food is one thing, but if you're giving someone money and then they go use it for drugs, yeah, that's a problem, right? Then I that's think that's what he's trying. But with to say. with food stamps, you have to you can only buy food. I mean, unless you like. Yeah sell them illegally to someone be like oh, I'm going to take you food shopping but <laughs> Some you, can people buy, do that, yeah. <laughs> you can buy $30 on my food stamps but give me $20 worth of drugs or yeah. whatever I'm not sure how people work that kind of stuff but I mean I'm on food stamps yeah. and I say there's no shame in the game if you're like I'm I'm an artist and I don't get paid a lot of money so yeah. I, I and I feel like I deserve to eat food for real I feel you <laughs> like <laughs> so I feel you so yeah I so that that's why I go back to the um, you know I'm a I'm a Trump sympathizer I'm not really a Trump supporter mm. but I am a Trump sympathizer because I, I, I 
I one at one point in my life, the the media ra- ran my name through the mud. Really? Yeah. So there was. You, will you talk about that? What happened? <laughs> I don't really like talking about it, oh, but I yeah, I guess uh, you know, I guess it's time. What did you? What, did, what do you mean? <laughs> it, it ran? They? You got publicly slandered? All right. So here's the story. I guess um, this is my first time really saying this publicly, and so everyone's probably gonna gonna hear this. And yeah, if you Google uh, Juan Rubin, J A W A A N, last name Rubin, R U B I N. By the way, my last name is Ruben, which is a Jewish name for uh, uh, Ruby or Yiddish for Ruby. My first name is Arabic. So I'm actually the piece in the Middle East. Right. right? Cool. Because there will never, ever be an Arabic first name and Jewish last right, name exactly. ever. And I, my dad didn't know that. But anyway, so if you Google my name, <laughs> Juwan Ruben. Uh, so what happened was uh, my sophomore year in high school, um, what had happened was is that I... Um, I I was on the basketball team. I was on the freshman basketball team uh, my freshman year, and I was balling out of control. I, I you know I, I averaged about thirty points a game. And Damn. Yeah, I was kicking ass. I was I was all over the place. And then so my sophomore year, um, there's a little issue. My my dad didn't like the coach at that time. I don't know. Do you know anything about Lavar Ball? No. Okay, never mind. Okay, so anyway, um, <laughs> so my I dad didn't follow the Warriors. Yeah, my dad didn't uh, like the coach because uh, of something. My brother was there four years before me, and you know he had held on to some of his letters from different colleges because my brother he was um, getting approached by different colleges, and the coach held on to the letters, <gasps> didn't give it to him until like the end of his senior year. By then, it's like oh, too well, late. Yeah, too late, you know. And so my dad was really mad at him, and so I didn't want to go to that school for that purpose sure. I was like can we go to can I go to a different school since you don't like them why would you send me to a school that you don't like the coach whatever so anyway my freshman year I'm playing on the freshman team and I'm scoring 30 points a game you know doing my thing and then next year um, you know I got I got asked to go to the varsity tryouts and then the first day they sent me to the JV tryouts uh, the next day right and so from that, um, so when I told my dad that, you know, he got pissed off. Because he, he wanted you to be on varsity. Yeah. Be good. Yeah, you should be yeah. sophomore, you should play. Yeah. Yeah, he got pissed off. It was a lot of politics involved, but he, he got pissed off. And then long story short, he told me, so he told me not to go to the JV tryouts. And I'm like, you know, in my heart, you know, I'm I'm 15 year old kid. I just want to play basketball. I just want to play. I don't really care where I'm playing. You know, if that's the case, if he doesn't feel I'm good enough, whatever. But I didn't speak up for myself. I was a really quiet kid when I was younger. So I didn't really speak up for myself. Um, um, I didn't go. To, uh, I went to the JV uh, practice, and my dad found out, and then he got mad and told me to come back. So I had to leave uh, within ten minutes or whatever. So he got really pissed. Anyway, so two days later, you know, I'm, I'm walking. I'm walking to class at, at school, and you know, everyone's approaching me like, "Hey, you know, what? what, what your dad uh, sued the school?" Whoa. And I'm like, "What?" So I'm like, "No, I don't think so." So it was all in the newspaper. Um, in the, no, the local news and it, and the, the story got so big that it ended up on HBO with uh, Brian Gumble. What? And the story got huge and then I remember one this is this is pre Google, right? Then Yahoo was still the search engine, right? Wow. And so my junior year one day uh, my junior year, I am um, 
I'm Googling myself just to see what I'm not Googling Yahoo myself right. just to see, you know, you know, what's, what, what I would see. And it's just like 50 articles about that lawsuit. Right. Whoa. And I'm just reading through it. And like some of the things some of these uh, journalists were saying were just so untrue, wow. just so untrue. And but they're trying to sell a story or whatever they're trying to do. There's just so what untrue. was the story is that you're a stuck. You're like, you think you're the best player. Yeah, You've got such an ego that you're like, I'm not going to play on JV. Yeah. They're saying, oh, let's this little whiny kid. We're going to sue them to get you on varsity. Yeah, they thought it was all me. They're, they're, they're blaming me more than, than him. And then they're, then they're like, some, some journalists were saying, you know, they were just, the way they were describing my dad physically, I was just like, dude, you don't have to say all that, you know? Like, just, I don't know. They were you just, pissed at him for doing that? My dad? Yeah. yeah, I was pretty pissed. Actually, that's why I, I left the house at 18 and just didn't want to come back. And I ended up coming back. And then I, you know, I started reading in the Bible on how you should honor your mother and father and have forgiveness and so you know that's kind of how our our relationship mended but thank you know praise god for that you know for me you know because now he's 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 on his way out you know uh. he's, he's a lot older so i'm glad we mended and we had a good time before this but anyway um yeah did you so, get to play basketball yeah so we ended that's why i had to go to san leandro high to finish <laughs> out my year but it, you know so that's why i empathize with trump because i i've been in that situation where journalists or reporters are reporting stuff that's not 100 percent true and they're just trying to like throw your name in the mud or you know and they don't care you know i don't i've never met these people was that was that tough you got really i'm sure you were incredible incredibly popular was that scary that like everybody knew who you were like everywhere uh yeah it was a little scary especially in the basketball world because now it's hard for me to get into college and play for um play for coaches because they're like like, i don't want to touch you because i don't know what's going to happen i don't get sued and all this did you did you go to college on a basketball scholarship no i did not (gasps) so yeah that kind of derailed a lot of stuff so was that what you when you what you wanted to be when you grew up you were like i want to play in the nba no no actually my dream was always to play in college so i eventually i did play in college i lived out my dreams cool actually at the you know at the age of 30 i've done a lot lot of things that I wanted to do so now I'm as as a 30 year old now I'm like okay what's the next move because I've done a lot of fun cool stuff in my life and I've pretty much done everything I wanted to do when I was a kid now it's like okay what's next you know what do I do next? you didn't want to be like Jason Kidd you didn't want to be like not really it didn't make sense to me to play 84 games a year oh I just thought that was stupid you're like 12 games cool 16 games fine I I mean high school is like 28 games games. college is like 35 yeah but like 84 games a year like Oh. Who in their right mind would do that to their body? Oh, okay. You know? <laughs> yeah, body's a temple. <laughs> you can't pay me enough to like, you know, be not be able to walk at 70. You know sure. Well, and it's no the same thing with football players with all those traumatic oh, head injuries. Man. And and it's terrible because yeah. they, I question my mind now. Because right. I, I hit my head a bunch of times when I was playing basketball before the movie Concussion came out. So right. I, the NC2A sent me something in the mail saying that there's a lawsuit that I'm going to get paid for it for the concussion stuff. So that's cool. Wow. It might be like 20 bucks something like that. There's just so many people who played, but. You know, I yeah, I think I question some things going on in my mind. I'm like, man, you know, like I, I I probably had a bunch of mini concussions just hitting my head on the floor, you know, sure. getting knocked down. Yeah, crazy. That's why that's why LeBron James spends a million dollars a year on his body just to keep his body in shape. Well, LeBron, I can't tell you. I I gotta say, I was so happy on Sunday. I haven't been more happy on a Sunday <laughs> watching the Cavs lose <laughs> to the Pacers. I mean, it was like a blowout. I'm like, they're up on 19 points. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> Suck it, LeBron. Oh, oh, was it going to be your ninth year in the finals? Oh, the ninth year? Blah, blah, blah. I can't wait for this to be. He's been in the finals eight years in a row. Give someone else a chance. Go do some acting, buddy. Remember that movie you were in? Like, go do that. Give someone else a chance. Oh, man. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see what happens. Um, you yeah. still a big basketball fan, though? I mean, not uh, really, no. Really? No, not really. Mm-hmm. So you don't care that much about the Warriors right now? I mean, no, I, I'm I'm so happy that the Warriors are doing what they're doing. Because I, I, when I was a kid, like, you know, Warriors Coliseum down the street. Yeah. You know, and I, I, I've been to games where it's just like, oh, my God, we're getting killed right now. Yeah, we weren't and so just, great in Yeah, dude, and just well, to watch that crap. And now to see that they're, they're killing it, it's like, it's, it's an amazing thing to watch. And yeah. they play good basketball, too. They Absolutely. Really it, it, the psychic pass is, is coming back again, which okay. I love the psychic passing. What when, does that mean? That's when... One of like Clay's looking this way, and then he throws the ball that way, and uh, someone okay, okay, okay. like something happy with dolls. Like, of course I'm right there. Like, something <laughs> happens, like some ninja moves, yeah. and then the psychic passing. They're well old, uh, well oiled machine. Oh, yeah, I love that stuff. Yeah. I love basketball. When I was little, I grew up in in Danville, so we would come over all the time and see. So you went to a mega church in Danville, yeah. California. Yeah. There's mega churches in California. Well, they were like fourth out. I mean. It was huge. That was, I mean, wow. I didn't even know that existed. There were like 4,000 people in our. Uh, Does that church still exist? Yeah, CPC, Community uh, Presbyterian CPC. Church. CPC. I'll yeah. look it up. That's interesting. Yeah, uh, and it was Ron Lee Davis, was the name of the pastor, who just shook me because I was like it's gross when I was when I was <laughs> little and I remember going to Sunday school and stuff and I was always the questioner I'd be like but why but what's the point and my teachers would they, they would get kind of mad at me and be like you just have to accept it and I was like and they kept saying it's all based on faith okay like so yeah you've got it yes there is a leap there there is a question mark that you just have to go uh-huh I believe it's like that book by C.S. Lewis, Mere Christianity. And he goes through and he's like building up this big argument. And then the end of every fucking chapter is, it's faith. You just got to believe. I know. And you know what? I grew, <laughs> I grew up, um, I actually grew up in the, uh, in the in the Baptist church, right? So I didn't really believe any of that crap until, until after, like in college. It took huh. me a while. But I had to go because my parents made me go. So right. I, I would go or whatever. But that was my argument is that, Every question I ask is because God did it. Like, that's yeah. it. Right. Like, can I, can I get a little bit more? Sure. So it took me, like, studying philosophy to get me all the way back. Because I, I think that's what we need to do for children. If you're going to put them in the churches, st- starting from Plato all the way to now, you know, because Plato came before Jesus Christ. So... Or was it after? I think it was before. I think it was before Jesus Christ. And then he comes and then, you know, you have the Judea law and all that ever stuff, you know. And that's, that's the thing about the Jewish law, the New Testament, I mean, the Old Testament is that these these are laws, not the laws aren't there. If you don't do these laws, you're not going to heaven, you're going to hell. That's not what the laws are there for. They're to keep a good society. Together. Yeah. My, my favorite so Bible verse. Heaven on earth. Uh, Leviticus 2012. Yeah. One of my favorite Bible verses. If you sleep with your father-in-law, you should both be stoned. I I love to be stoned and my ex-father-in-law. He was hot. <laughs> my ex-husband was black and his dad, Big Austin, he's a good-looking guy. If I was going to sleep with him, yeah, we should get stoned. From the, it's giving me some of that good 70s weed, bro. Like, no, it's a, I mean, I get it. There's another thing like people say in the, in the God hates fags or whatever, and it's like, okay, well, if you look at the Old Testament contextually, <laughs> when the Jews were being overrun by everybody. Like, everyone's fucking with them. They're slaves, and they're stealing. 
stealing their children, they're stealing their little boys and putting them into sex slavery and all this kind of stuff. Of course you would say like, if a man lies with another man, it's terrible and it's an abomination because because what was happening to them, right. they were being raped and pillaged constantly by everybody. <laughs> And they're like, you know, it's the other one, Lot's wife. Like when the, oh, when the angels it. come and he's like, no, 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 take my daughters. Don't rape these <laughs> angels. These angels are good. Take the daughters. But they didn't they're like hot. their sons. They're hot. They, didn't, they didn't like their sons being raped. They didn't care about the daughters, though. They're like, sleep with them. Oh, yikes. Yeah, you should do biblical jokes. I, You have a whole captive I audience. You're, I don't know. I don't know. Is I, it offensive? Do you find it? Is it? Do you think it's offensive? I just don't somebody? find it funny. Yeah, I don't find biblical jokes that funny. Unless I'm like making fun of the Christian religion, then it's like, okay, I'm not gonna do that. But right, right. I don't know biblical jokes. Like you said, it, they, people do need to have a reference, right? They need to point a reference. And just because someone's in church doesn't mean they know the Bible. The, you know and that's I mean? that's true too. So like, yeah. So it's like, I mean, I don't, really, I don't really do biblical jokes like that. I, I did have a, a whole bit on how Jesus would be a terrible roommate. <laughs> <laughs> Keeping inviting his friends over, yeah. people with leprosy. Come on, Jesus! Come yeah. on, Jesus! He's Why like, do you keep bringing these people over unless here? Unless it's unless it's tax collectors and prostitutes. I mean, that's, <laughs> everyone knows that's a fun time. Like, that's or, a party. It's party, Jesus. Or you pick up a rag and like, Jesus, did you use my rag? And you're like, Don't you lie to me, Jesus? I see your face right here. <laughs> <laughs> Biblical jokes. Yeah, uh, what uh, are we? We have about five minutes left. What do you want to? Uh, what do you want to? Uh, b- beliefs. Yeah, plug. There you yeah. go. How big is your congregation? Uh, it's, uh, it's about four hundred. Wow. But there's only about maybe one hundred and fifty active members, like people who actually show up. Right. So we have a lot of people in the catalog, but they don't always show up. They so. show up at Christmas and Easter. Christmas and Easter. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Um, but yeah, so uh, some seamless plugs. Um, yeah. So um, so I, I you know I make music. Um, so I have a couple shows coming up. I have culturally actually, culturally conscious hip hop. Or is it like <laughs> culturally conscious hip hop? Well, like yeah, I guess so. Like you know, you say nice things instead of you're like drink a smoothie, do some push ups, <laughs> or like like good like good yeah, things instead kinda. of being like yeah. instead of being like suck my dick yeah. on your knees. I, I'm more I'm yeah I'm more into uh, 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 George Clinton's um, oh, notion cool. of uh, edutainment. Oh, that's great. Yeah, yeah. So it's a mixture of uh, education and entertainment, and so I have maybe one song that I'm just doing like rap cadence, uh-huh. um, but it's not like I'm putting anybody down. You know, a lot of rappers, they say, oh, F you, F you. I'm the best. I'm the best. I don't really, I don't really do all that. I try to stay as humble as possible, but I do, you know, I do talk about different subject matters. So if you go to JuwanRubin.com, um, so I have, uh, all my music. One of my favorite songs on, on my, uh, on my website is called E people. <laughs> e people just, just about like, it's, it's basically about, you know, people who are, you know, not real anymore. Right. They, they, everything is E email, E this eat right, that right. eat cigarette and, yeah. <laughs> and so now we have right. eat people people who just don't want to get off their screen I have a line I have a line in there talking about you know uh, selfie whores uh, waiting for a, a like on their post while there are babies in the corner asking for their, their baba and their mama yeah <laughs> yeah yeah I mean you it's know. that stuff is sad that we're so it's it's ego like can you imagine like when we were little if we had a Polaroid camera and we took pictures of our food or whatever we wanted to say <laughs> and we put it on the wall and then we invited all our friends over and we're like come over and 
touch the pictures that you like. <laughs> like put a sticker on these pictures so that I can feel validation about myself and what I did today. Yeah. I mean, it's insane that yeah. we... That, I'm actually working on a bit right now about how, you know, because there's studies that came out that likes hit the same part of your brain as cocaine and sugar <gasps> does, right? Wow. So people are just addicted to likes, you know? Wow. That's why the lady went to YouTube and shot up YouTube. Right. Because she wasn't getting enough she likes. She wasn't getting enough likes in her know, entire... She likes. Her, well, because, because this gets back to religion. The emptiness is so vast inside them and they yeah. don't know what to fill it with that the only thing they can fill it with is validation from external validation. Yeah. And maybe that's the lesson that external validation is meaningless. Yeah. It has to internally come from your own choice and volition and light. And it can't yeah. be, I'm doing this to make this person happy or I'm doing this to make somebody like me. It has to be like just your natural state of being, being. and expression yeah. is what it is. Yeah. And if people like that, cool. If and not, if they don't, then you can't can't make anyone do anything they don't want to do right right so but it's just, it's yeah because so we're we're not human doings or human actings we're human beings yeah so we should be you know that's what we should be but back to the shameless yeah, yeah, plugs yeah, yeah, yeah. um so yeah so i'm doing uh, i'm doing a hip-hop show on uh 420 oh, cool. uh, it is on 1445 hate street awesome so it's a 420 show okay so. is that at milk bar I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. I, I don't know. I so, just, well, somewhere on hate. Somewhere on hate. Yeah. And then, um, uh, so I don't know. It's a big festival. So I cool. might, I think it's in the grass <gasps> or something, somewhere. Oh, that's neat. You're doing the 420 festival. Is that's, that what that is? Well, it's in the, on Hippie Hill at 420 and all that. They, there's tons of people. Okay. Like 10,000 people come out for, Someone, for, yeah. for 420. Someone they put a big stage out there. And, but if it's 1445 hate, it's probably at Milk Bar. Probably. Here, keep Maybe. plugging and I'll, but, I'll yeah. look for you. Okay, so I got that on 421-1445-H Street. Uh, come out. It's between 12 and 6. Uh, come on out. I'll probably go up around 4. Okay, uh, 4 or 5. And then also, um, I've started working with uh, a new artist. So I am I do I do music for other artists as well. So um, his name is Marcel. Uh, so start looking out for him. He has a show on Sunday, May 27, 2018, with another artist that I'm working with named Naki uh, Moalo. Can look up Naki Mo Moalo on YouTube. She has some really good reggae music. It's 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 really off the chain. Uh, but if you want to follow me, um, so that's Marcel and Naki Moalo. You can follow those two people. But if you want to follow me, um, my YouTube channel and my Instagram is both under Awesome Multimedia. So that's O S O M Multimedia, all one word. And then my Snapchat is under J A Y D U B A R J D Bar, uh, which is uh, the the person I went under uh before i rebranded myself so before uh -huh. i was a minister i went by jay dubar because i come from such a christian um family i had to change my name if i was going to be doing like raunchy comedy and raunchy music out absolutely there. yeah awesome. and then juanrubin.com j-a-w-a-a-n-r-u-b-i-n.com you can find out all my shows all my music um all my youtube uh videos everything um yeah what is i don't understand snapchat i don't even have a smartphone i'm too old for all these things mm -hmm. what is snapchat so do you believe in it? It's good. You can have a lot of followers. Snapchat from the uh, individual standpoint or from the brand standpoint? Uh, how you how do you do you find it an effective tool of social media? Yeah, I use it. Uh, I use it for for work. I use it for business. You know what I'm saying? But like 
I, <laughs> if I was an individual, I mean, a lot of people just kind of, I don't know what they, the heck they use it for. Because the thing about social media, period, when I fir- when Facebook, Facebook first came to me, I was like, what the heck is this? This is stupid. Why would I do this? But then when I started, you know, working for myself and not, you know, not really working at, at a job or doing a job and kind of doing comedy and all the other stuff, I was like, okay, this is a good communication tool. Right, That's right. the whole point of it. Right. Snapchat, Facebook, all that stuff. It's just a communication tool. So the way Snapchat works is that you get about a 10 second video. Now you can do longer, but uh, when it first started, it was only 10 seconds. But they're, you know, they'll they'll chop if you do it all the way through. They'll just kind of chop through. But anyway, um, yeah. So the, I mean, and I've, people like to th- you say like, hey, I'm gonna be doing this show. Come out and see me. And then you yeah. give them a line. You're like, boo dee boo 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 ba. Right, whatever. right, right. So yeah, so I'll, I'll plug something. I'll say, hey, I got this going on at this time, you know, um, you know, and then all my followers will see it if they want to. So you have an option of seeing it if you want. So there's a there's a list of uh, all your people that you follow, and then when as people are posting, you can click on if 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 you want to. E people, all yeah. of your e people, all the e people, and then you can DM uh, direct message people, but it only lasts. Through Snapchat. Yeah, but it only lasts for like a, a day or twenty four hours. Just text. I don't see the thing. I don't understand is like. Like, we already had the technology for all. We had phones that text, and right. we, like we need to have a. Vi- I have to have a video. I just. I don't even. Well, get it. I'm I mean, too old. I get it. I get yeah, it. I guess. I mean, I don't know. You know what? Think about. Think about if you want to just send someone a video, a quick video, real quick. You know. I would never do. That. I don't even. Oh, I don't okay. even have. I, I don't even. My phone doesn't even have. Uh, my phone can take pictures, but barely. Uh, like I can't. It has a voice recorder that's terrible. Like it's. Well, it's a dumb phone. Look at this. It's. Okay, here's a good. Here's it doesn't a good, even attach to the internet. So here's a here's a good one. So when okay, how about this? So when I was um, when I was looking for a house with my with my brother, and we couldn't go go see the showing at the same time, I'd use I just take a quick snap and say, okay, this is the bathroom. Hey, this is the living room. This is the outside. Okay. And then he can kind of see it real quick, and then it goes away. Now the the point I mean the point of it disappearing in 24 hours is so that no one can no one can steal your content basically. Oh. Yeah, because if you put on oh, Facebook it's there can they can it. yeah it's there forever and and yeah. you actually have a product see all of our podcasts here are free so I'm like take them do whatever right. you, there's already free like <laughs> just share it with people yeah. I don't care yeah. like I mean content I mean find me fairy agent right. me up out of obscurity <laughs> find me take it yeah because because on YouTube if someone goes to your YouTube page and sees a video they can rip it they can just they can uh, download it it's it's not legal but there's yeah. a, there's a certain tools that you can do to just rip their video but on snap you can't do that you have that you don't have the possibility but if you have a picture right with the smartphone you can take a screenshot of the picture now the thing about that is if you take a screenshot of someone's picture they get a notification that you did that wow <laughs> well that's good though because i would think that the main purpose of snapchat would be showing your dick to people that was i, I don't know if that was the reason why but that when snapchat first started that's what a lot of people were doing because it just disappears yeah so it's like ah yeah you got to see it but now it's gone right you know? <laughs> that's, that's just weird to me yeah. um so everyone go to jawanrubin.com and check out his upcoming shows yeah when are you doing comedy you mentioned all your hip-hop things when's your next comedy gig i don't know you know i don't know i've been doing open mics just working out material starting you know because I, I came from orange county um about three years ago and then when i came back i kind of was you know just doing open mics because i had a, i needed some new material some new stuff and so right now um you know 
just follow you know if you follow me on facebook or on uh, instagram um all the you know the names i gave you for my instagram and facebook basically you can find out when i'm doing an open mic because a lot of times it's just kind of it's pretty random but as far as a, a comedy show i mean like this saturday i mean this friday uh, for my 420 show 